Sup, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent with the sirens going off in the background. Got the IMF heading my way as I call them out too hard. In this rip with Matt O'Dell. First rip since the live Miami show. A lot has gone on since that show and this one. Bitcoin has entered the geopolitical realm. It was already there, but it has really made itself. It was already there, but now we have a nation state officially accepting Bitcoin as legal tender or recognizing Bitcoin as legal tender. It'll be interesting to see who falls after El Salvador. As you can tell, we talk about this at length within the episode. Without further ado, let me get to the sponsors brought to you by friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App's helping you stack sets, send sets, receive sets, sell sets, if you so please. We're saying sets, 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 because sats are the standard. Not buying a whole Bitcoin, a fraction of a Bitcoin, you're stacking whole sats instead. You can buy as little as $1 on the Cash App. You can DCA DCA into sats by daily, weekly, bi-weekly, bi-weekly, Matt O'Dell, every two weeks. Set it and forget it. Set a set amount by a cadence that you are comfortable with. On top of that, they had their boost program, which allows you to go use your boost card associated with your cash app wherever Visa is accepted. They have their boost program. If you toggle on a partner merchant and you go shop at that merchant, you're going to get some cash back that you can turn into sats. Sometimes you get sats back when you shop anywhere. Cash App can also be your bank account. They're offering account numbers and routing numbers. You can get your paychecks direct deposited into the app if you haven't done so already. Make sure you go download the Cash App using the code StackingSats. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Owls Lacrosse. This rip was also brought to you by our very, very, very good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to build financial products using Bitcoin's native properties. I don't know why I'm talking so slow. They're doing an incredible job. They leverage Bitcoin's native multi-sig properties to bring you a collaborative custody model that is personified. Personified is not the right word. It is materialized in their Volts program. And they want to take you from having zero sats in a multi-sig Volt or zero sats and zero multi-sig Volt to having a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in a multi-sig bolt and they have this is their white glove concierge service they're building out their concierge team they want to take you from zero to a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in a multi-sig collaborative custody vault in which you hold two keys unchained holds one this is beautiful because it's a two or three multi-sig you can always move your sats out of the vault at your own accord on your own time by yourself but if you're ever in a pinch and you need unchained to be that second in the two or three multi-sig transaction they are there you have one key they have one key okay so the way the concierge service works tell them tftc sent you're going to get 50 dollars off this package again tell them tftc sent you're going to get 50 dollars off and they're going to have multiple video conference calls with you to get you comfortable with multi-sig uh in general uh get you comfortable with what it is how you how you create a multi-sig wallet they're going to get you comfortable with their vault pro- products specifically how they set up their multi-sig quorums and how you interact with it. They're going to get you hardware wallets. They're going to get you comfortable setting those up, creating a private public key pair, and securing your seed phrases. Uh, then you're going to set up your vault. You're going to have two keys, again, in this multi-sig vault. You're going to set that up. They're going to make sure you have, again, everything backed up, including the seed phrase and their derivation path that, that gets you to your specific multi-sig wallet. And then once you're comfortable, it's all set up. You have your hardware wallets, private public key pairs created, your seed phrase secured, your derivation path secured. 
you're gonna they're gonna dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats into that vault so go check it out we have a specific link to the concierge product in the show notes and go check out everything they're doing on chains one of my favorite teams they're they just did uh, a raise with Nidig leading the raise and they're only going up from here freaks unchained capital unchained-capital.com if you want to check out everything they're doing definitely go check out their blog parker lewis drew von Saul, buck joe phil all writing incredible content this rip is also brought to you by good friends at hodl 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 big news in this app talked about their new partnership with bitfinex bitfinex is is, is joining forces and uh investing in hodl hodl and they're going to be helping out in the stable coin side with uh tether uh, but here we're talking. We're here to talk about Lend and Hoddle Hoddle, which is a new non-custodial Bitcoin-backed lending platform that allows peer-to-peer lending and borrowing between users globally, anonymously, and on your own terms. Again, we're leveraging Bitcoin's native properties. Bitcoin is a new monetary system, a new financial system. It has its own native properties, and one of the best properties is multi-sig. And Hoddle Hoddle and their Lend platform leverages multi-sig so the way it happens if you're short funds you don't need to sell your bitcoin get some liquidity by borrowing so you use your bitcoin as collateral and you lock it in this multi-sig wallet you hold one key your counterparty holds one key and hodl hodl holds the third key so you hold one key in this two or three setup uh and this is important because when you use your bitcoin as collateral to get stable coins as a loan you can ensure that they're not being rehypothecated since you have that key you can see into the wallet and know that those bitcoins aren't moving uh, you don't need to entrust anybody with your funds. There's no KYC, no AML. You can use this globally. It's available to U.S. clients as well. So U.S. citizens can use this because it's non-custodial. Uh, if you have some stable coins laying around, you want to get some returns on those. Lend at HODL. HODL offers uh, the ability to get some yield on those by entering the other side of the order book. You put your stable coins up to be lent out and people put Bitcoin up as collateral. You lend it out to them as long and they pay that back. And you get a yield on those stable coins. And if you're on the other side, using that Bitcoin as collateral to get a loan, as long as you're paying that loan back over the duration of the loan, you're going to get your sats back at the end of the day. So create your own offers and set your own terms on lend.hodlhodl.com. That's lend, L-E-N-D, dot hodl, hodl, H-O-D-L, H-O-D-L, dot com. Go peep it, freaks. Incredible team. Last but not least, this rip is brought to you by good friends at Brains. Brains is the team behind Slush Pool. We already know all about them. Slush Pool is the first ever Bitcoin mining pool. Uh, and since they've launched that, they've just been trying to help Bitcoin out in any way they can. And this is n- no, you can't beat what they're doing with Brains OS Plus. All right. What we're here to talk about today is the Brains OS Plus Manager. It's an online platform that enables miners to remotely monitor and manage all of their ASICs running Brains OS Plus. This can help miners improve uptime and keep their farms running optimally without the hassle of needing to be on site 24-7. The Brains OS Plus Manager is and will always be free for Brains OS Plus miners. Brains OS Plus is the firmware that uh, Brains puts out that allows you to get more sats from your hash. So if you have a, uh, a Brains OS Plus compatible mining model and you have that downloaded, this could be free for you forever, forever. And you can connect to an unlimited number of devices, your phone, your tablet, your laptop, however you want to monitor this. You can, you can connect to an unlimited, unlimited amount of devices. Security and efficiency were top priorities. Brains OS Plus Manager uses Stratum V2 for smaller and less frequent data transfers. Again, this is important because with all ASIC configuration and telemetry data being sent via encrypted connections, this protects against eavesdropping and man-in-the-middle attacks. Don't let anybody jack your hash. Make sure you get as many sats out of your hash as possible. The best way to do that is use Strata V2 with this encrypted data transfer so you don't get man in the middle or eavesdropping, eavesdropped, attacked. 
for details on the manager and how to set it up with your mining operation, go to brains, that's B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com slash blog and check out the Brains OS Plus Manager launch article. Again, that's brains, B-R-A-I-I-N-S dot com. Uh, on top of that, still waiting on the slush pool update. It should be coming soon. Go follow slush underscore pool on Twitter to see the announcement when the pool update goes live. And that update will include uh, dark theme for 24-7 hash rate monitoring. Uh, but more importantly, ultra flexible payout system and customizable mining reward splitting between uh, mining operation as multiple uh, stakeholders. Beautiful thing. Go check them out. Brains.com. B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com. And Edward, I'm going to end it with a whoopee. Whoopee. When what? When what's minor, sir? You're in Austin. You're in Mexico. You're in Miami. Partying too much, man. When, when's that what's minor coming? That's what I want to know. Enjoy this Rip Freaks. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. Probably should be. Probably should be. Go live. That's a good. That's a good talking business live on air, Matt. We'll hit record. That's a good point, right? That is a very good point. I noticed that the other day. Yeah, it is. Wow, that was horrible. Uh. Woo, Maddie! What a week! What a week! Second RHR in less than a week. We met last Saturday in Miami, outside, ninety degree heat. Saving the planet by not using uh, air conditioning. Now we're here. And a lot has happened since we uh, since we had RHR last Saturday in Miami. How are you feeling? So right? much shit has happened. Well, when we did when we did the live RHR in Miami, we knew we knew the big news and we kept it to ourselves. Yeah, we couldn't talk about it. I mean, we told the freaks to stack, but that's as much as we could say. Yeah, that's all we could say. It was worthwhile. Hey. It was good stacking advice. I think we're higher than where we were on Saturday when we recorded. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, the freaks know I'm always bullish, right? But this is the single biggest news item, the single biggest historical event that has happened on a macro level to Bitcoin ever in the history of Bitcoin, right? Outside of Satoshi leaving, yes. I would, I would, like outside of the Bitcoin. Network itself, somebody adopting it, number one. Yeah, I mean, like external of the external of the protocol. It is like the biggest thing since Satoshi left, in my opinion. We'll get into it. But before we get into it, should we reminisce about last weekend? What's the... You went all caps on the tweet? I did, I did. You were feeling it. I was. I mean, there's a lot of important things to talk about. We're going to talk about the volcano in the background here. Is that the actual volcano or is that just a stock picture? It's a volcano in El Salvador. It, I'm not sure if it's the volcano where they're doing the uh, geothermal energy. This is a. Uh, but it is located in El Salvador. Yes, I believe this is the volcano in Santa Ana or something like that. Santa An. What's the uh, Bitcoin Magazine team saying after, after the conference? Dude, vibes are high. Vibes are high. I mean, a lot of lessons can be learned, but I think overall, um, 
it was just a really fantastic, I would call a festival. I think it was like more of a music festival than anything else. Agreed. Um, but look, it was amazing seeing so many freaks there. I mean, for the live show, we, but my guess was like 400 to 500 people were watching us live in person. Um, I must have hugged like 2,000 freaks over the course of the week. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, to yeah. me, it was a massive success, right? Wouldn't you agree, Marty? I think it was a massive success. I had a lot of fun. I always enjoy meeting you freaks in person. Overwhelming. There's a lot of you freaks out there. Freak Nation is strong, as we've been saying since we left Miami. It is extremely warms my heart meeting you guys in, in person um, and that our content has affected people or it resonates with people the way it does. It's really mind-blowing to think of this just starting as I don't want to say joke, but as I got forced into the podcast, I forced you in for rabbit hole recap and seeing what it I is. would say you more seduced me, but if, if you want to use that verbiage, you can as well. Yeah. Seduced is better than forced. There's a bit of a, a rapey vibe. There was consent. <laughs> there, was, there was consent. There was. Thank you for clarifying that. And I've just been holding Matt hostage for two years now. <laughs> Have somebody who sits behind the computer with a gun pointed at him and says, all right. That's where I got the Moscow time behind me. I'm like... <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a great event. Great satellite events. Vibes were high. Miami traffic was terrible. Um, but other than that, it was pretty, pretty incredible. I will be incessant and repetitive that the most profound thing of the whole week to me was Ross's uh, interview, Ross Ulbricht's interview. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to free Ross. We have to stand together as Bitcoiners. And uh, if you haven't gone and listened to it, um, you really need you really need to go listen to it. Uh, every, every single every single freak should. Every single person, but every single freak needs to go listen to that interview. Yeah, I mean, um, he's, it's on YouTube. He sacrificed himself to get that message out there. He got thrown into solitary confinement, which he talked about during the voicemail. So it seems that the yeah. Uh, well, no, they so as punishment, first they gave approval to do the interview, and they said it had to be with the journalist, and then, um they cut him off from communication for like five days and we thought it wasn't going to happen. And then it, it happened. They like allowed him to contact uh, Peter Chihuahua of Bitcoin magazine uh, who did the interview. And then it appears afterwards as punishment for the live interview going out. Uh, they, they threw him back into solitary and uh, it was really fucked up because we didn't know, like we didn't want to talk about it at the conference because we thought maybe he'd get punished more. But I guess for better or worse, uh, Lynn Ulbricht, his mom, decided that it was important that it, it became public. So I saw that she tweeted it out. So I feel comfortable talking about it now that she tweeted it out. But that's why it was played a second time at the end of the conference um, on the second day was because we, we had found out while we were there. I mean, me Lynn told me personally, and it just was fucking, this is brutal, man. Yeah, they just there's no heart there none none at all go listen to the interview i mean i can't do it justice but combination of holy shit i can't believe this guy's in jail considering the facts that he's laying out about his particular case and how there was a lot of fuckery that went on from the prosecution side by the way katie hahn she's still in the space she works at a16z 
she's on Coinbase's board, from what I understand. She's she was the prosecutor in that. She gets away. She was able to like walk free and and go invest in companies and work for Anderson Horowitz. All that bullshit. So we got people in the comments saying it's the murder for hire. They dropped those charges, man. That was a smear job. They didn't, they didn't, he didn't get convicted on any kind of murder charges or any kind of hit charges. They dropped all of that shit. Go read. We're going to talk about it. Read up on it. Yeah. It's like the typical FBI fucking bullshit. What's the word I'm looking for? Where they, they basically create a scenario in which they make somebody a criminal. They did this in Florida with, I believe it was a gentleman who had Asperger's was on some random internet forum and they convinced him to go buy bombs to blow up and basically create a terrorist plot that the FBI created so they could arrest terrorists. They created, created one out of thin air and convinced him to go do like go buy a bomb and allegedly try to blow it up somewhere. And they arrested him where they concocted all of that whole situation. And I think it's very similar with the, the hits. It may even be like more egregious than that. It's, yeah, that's like the number one thing people, because I wrote a newsletter about it earlier this week after seeing Lynn's tweet from the free Ross account, like saying we need to speak up against this is bullshit and you all have to go listen to the interview and all the comments were like, murder for hire. Like It's effective. It's um, super effective. It's like you pop out the headline in the beginning, you do a character assassination and it sticks. Like, you know, it's it's the same thing with all fake news. Um, it's, it's way more difficult to battle back against it after it's already out there in the general consciousness. And just to be clear here, like, I'm not saying like no crimes were committed, but like, he's done a shit ton of time. They, he was a young kid. He's apologetic. You know, they're making an example out of him. They're going to keep him in there for the rest of his fucking life if they have their way. And they're going to put him in solitary at the same time. This is just not the country that it's, it's supposed to be. And as Americans and as Bitcoiners, we need to stand together on this one. It's very important. I'm sorry that we started this off on this, but it's, no, it's, it's super fucking important. No, it's it's really important. Like, what are we in this for? And if you listen to the interview, Ross was very, I don't want to say disappointed in himself, but he was very reflective of what he did, the impact it had on others, his family and in his thinking back then when he was running the Silk Road. Go listen to it. That's a, that's all we're going to say. We'll end it at that. So on to more positive news, Bitcoin is fucking legal tender in a country. Oh, we have to get to the dashboard first. Oh, okay. To- if, if you insist, I'm insisting because we started out there all the time. Current price of Bitcoin is 36,525 cuck bucks. Uh, 684.2 billion cuck buck market cap. One cuck buck's going to get you 2,738 sats. Where are we now? Taproot, 98.1%. Trailing block percentage is signaling that it's ready for activation. That should activate, or excuse me, lock in within the next 48 hours officially, and then it'll activate in November. If that happens, I, I think statistically, it would be very hard for it not to lock in at this point. Could be wrong, though. Stay humble. (laughs) Oh, I will. We are 366 blocks away from the next adjustment, which is estimated to be on June 13th, 2021. So that's three days from now. 
So that'll be Sunday, and that'll be a downward adjustment of 2.4%, and that's because blocks are coming in at 10 minutes and 15 seconds on average, which is 15 seconds above the 10-minute block target set by Satoshi. Uh, There are 37,625 transactions in Clark's mempool. I already rubbed your face in the sand for the mempool clearing last week. I'm not going to do it again. Uh, Just just to be clear that I'm owning it, and now Dispatch is going to have the mempool there until all the freaks get together and actually start fucking coin joining. What does coin joining have to do with it? Because you don't want to join is a base demand of the, you know, they're not coin joining enough if the mempool is clear. This is true. This is true. Speaking of coin joining, uh, unspent capacity in Whirlpool is currently 2,721.57 Bitcoin or 99.4 million. I think they went up about 100 Bitcoin since we last looked at it a couple of weeks ago. 100 bitcoins. What in Whirlpool? Yeah. Dude, Whirlpool's fucking crushing right now. And I have to say, dude, that app is the whole stack is just way cleaner than it's ever been in the past. Super stable. Very happy with it right now. We're going to love it. Again, shout out to the Ronin Dojo team. If you want to run Ronin, interact with, with Whirlpool that way. Highly recommended. Like, freaks. You know, war is brewing. War is brewing. We have not, we're, you know, we're about to hit the then they fight us stage. We have not hit it yet. And you need to get your ducks in a row ahead of time. And you're fortunate enough that the mempool is clear uh, and that it's, it's very unpacked right now. So get your shit together, learn how to use the tools, then use the tools. But to begin with, you just need to be aware of, of the concern and, and, and what you're leaking on chain. And off chain. Agreed. War started. Why is war started? As we've alluded to, and I'm sh- sure you freaks are aware of, well aware of at this point in the week. Over the weekend, uh, Saturday, Jack Mallers announced that the president of El Salvador was putting, or the legislator in El Salvador was putting a bill forward to le- make Bitcoin legal tender within the country, which is pretty massive uh, over the weekend. Uh, that bill made it through the, the necessary legislator and got signed into law earlier this I week. Mean, it wasn't suspenseful. He has control of the parliament. Yeah. And so it went through, got signed. Bitcoin is legal tender in El Salvador. Uh, merchants. So this was like one of the controversial aspects of the bill i think it was line seven uh deems that merchants have to accept bitcoin within 90 days of the bill being signed so within the next three there's months. like a little bit of a carve out if technically able to okay it says merchants must accept payment in bitcoin if technically able to all right so this is a math seems like a fair carve out to me you know like if you're a cash-based merchant and you don't have a smartphone, then no one's going to force you to do that. Yeah. So this is, like you said, probably one of the most important moments, the most important moment in Bitcoin's history. And a nation state has officially recognized it as legal tender. And there are many implications that will come from this. And so let's just jump into it. It's very interesting that it was El Salvador specifically. I really like that it was El Salvador. I've always had an inclination that it was going to be a Latin American or African country that would be the first to adopt Bitcoin officially. 
that seems to have come true. The fact that it is El Salvador specifically, El Salvador is in Venezuela um, or Iran or Russia. So it's not a pariah state. Uh, it is a sovereign nation. What is it? Just south of Guatemala in Central America. It's like Guatemala, El Salvador, Belize, the Northeast or Northwest, excuse me. Um, so it's a relatively small country. It's in Central America. Mm-hmm. And they said, yeah. Yeah. And they are like right next to Nicaragua and Honduras. Yes. And so President Above Bukele, Panama, below yeah. Mexico. Yeah. And so geography. This is where Bitcoin Beach has been. So if you've listened to this podcast in the past, Mike Peterson from Bitcoin Beach, which is uh, in El Salvador, El Zante is the surfing beach where they've been trying to build this circular Bitcoin economy. Mike and team strike as well. Jack Mallers, many other Bitcoiners that have uh, spent time in El Zante building that circular economy and ingratiating themselves with the with the community there and, and, and educating them about Bitcoin have done an incredible amount of work to get to this point today and now it's official and now we have a nation state that is officially going to be adopting bitcoin and putting their weight behind it and this is where the game theory starts to get intense again it's not a pariah state and so we will see how the international community particularly the g7 uh, and un nations react to this it is going to be very hard for them since it's not a pariah state, to step in and say, hey, you can't do this. Well, but, first you make it a pariah state. Right. And how they do that. So they're going to point out the fascist president. Well, you know, he doesn't have the best track record, but that's fine. The people in El Salvador love him, though. He, he jailed the oligarchs. He kicked out the corrupt judges. Like, yes. Look, I'm not trying to rain on parades, right? This is exactly what is to be expected. It's always going to be a smaller, weaker country that does it first. It's what, it's what we saw with companies. It's what we saw with people. Um, they're the challengers. They're the ones who have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Uh, you know, this guy could have chosen a CBDC, a fucking Chinese surveillance shit coin. He could have come out with his own shit coin. He could be using a, a, one of these other major shit coins. I'm not going to name any of them um, but, and taking their money along with it. But he decided to go with Bitcoin. He decided to go with a bill that was written with help from the strike team. And Jack Mahler is a fucking legend. And like if anyone if anyone can make this thing, make this thing happen right. Um, I'm not going to put him on too much of a pedestal, but if anyone can make this thing done right, it's fucking Jack Mahler's like the, the fact that we know that Jack is there and this guy's got his ear um, and presumably Jack's talking to all these other South American, Central American countries is is massive is absolutely massive it's the kind of ambassador we want um he has the facilities in place behind him as well in terms of infrastructure with remittances and whatnot with strike and it's it's it the cool part about bitcoin is it doesn't matter if their leader is virtue signaling about uplifting his people right a a more open monetary network in el salvador uh is going to help the people regardless, even if his goal is just to be on the world stage, right? Like to, to him, like the, the, the incentives for him as a leader are massive. Like people are talking about him. No one cared who he was a week ago. No one had any idea who he was a week ago. Now he's one of the most famous leaders in the world. Um, and other nations are paying attention here, right? Cause you don't get, you don't get this kind of attention. If you're country number 50, if you're country number 50, you're playing catch up. 
But if you're country two through 20, you're going to get a lot of fucking attention. You're going to get a lot of economic boost. You're going to get a lot more tourism. Um, and, and, and so the race is on. The race is on to see who's next. And we already have many people in Latin America and beyond signaling with laser eyes on Twitter. Many people close to, I mean, I, I think I saw Colombia, some of their politicians, uh, Peru, Brazil. But they're like parla parliaments and stuff, right? Yeah, it starts yeah, there. It's so good to see. You know, it's very interesting. Again, were you with me over the weekend? We were talking about somebody who was just like, they love the engagement. Of, of bitcoin twitter. yes i was with you we're not going to say who it was on twitter specifically and uh you can see that that's the other beauty of like the bitcoin game theory we shower them with engagement yeah and so that plays in our favor and so you see all these other people seeing what uh president bukele is that how you pronounce it bukele uh, you're the one who attempted yeah i went for it hopefully i'm right uh people see him getting all the attention el salvador getting all the attention uh, and they want that as well for their countries. And so you're starting to see them signal. Um, and so what do you think? Do you think El Salvador, obviously we're in the honeymoon phase of the announcement and the law being uh, made an official law, but they are trying to appease talent to El Salvador. So let's talk about the implications of the law. Like the, the fact that it is now legal tender means that if you were using Bitcoin within El Salvador's border, you're not going to get charged capital gains tax on it. They're incentivizing Bitcoin companies to come domicile in El Salvador, I assume with some tax breaks. They are uh, offering residency for three Bitcoins. It's pretty pricey, uh, but maybe that price will change. Um, Is that pricey? I think it's a static three Bitcoin at a purpose. No, he's convert. That's just a conversion. It's like one hundred twenty thousand dollars to be a resident of El Salvador. All right, I'd pay. That. Not like a new rule. Most of Latin America, you could buy your way in. Yeah, that's true. If you buy like property, right? It's usually you have yeah. to buy property worth X amount, and then you stay there for. <laughs> Most citizenship around the world is going to be very cheap for Bitcoiners. Bitcoiners are highly mobile, highly motivated, and numbers going up. So. So, you know, if, if a government and if a jurisdiction doesn't treat you right, um, Bitcoiners will move. And uh, we're going to see the era of nation state competition begin. Yeah. But it's going to be dicey first. Like, there's, you, I can, can you even imagine the meetings that are going on right now, like the IMF and the G7 and shit? Like, yeah. There's G7 meetings going on right now. The IMF met with uh, President Bukele today. So IMF sees legal economic issues with El Salvador Bitcoin move. The international. I bet they do. On said on Thursday, it had a number of economic and legal concerns regarding the move from El Salvador to make Bitcoin a parallel legal tender. El Salvador has become the first country in the world to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender, with President Nayib Bukele touting its use for the potential to help Salvadorans living abroad to send remittances back home. Adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender raises a number of macroeconomic, financial, and legal issues that require very careful analysis, said Jerry Rice, an IMF spokesman. During a scheduled press briefing, we are following developments closely and will continue our consultations with the authorities. Rice said that the fund, the IMF, will later on Thursday meet with Bukele to discuss the Bitcoin law. El Salvador is in discussions with the IMF seeking a $1 billion program. El Salvador's law means Bitcoin will have equal footing with the dollar, which became its official currency 20 years ago. So the IMF 
probably one of the, I tweeted out earlier, one of the most destructive forces to ever make its way through Latin America does not like this. The International Monetary Fund. Let's talk about them for a little bit. Christine Lagarde used to be the head. She was convicted of a crime, uh, awarding hundreds of millions of dollars, I believe, to a president, or a friend of President Sarkozy in France while she was the head of the IMF. The next one, the next leader of the IMF, he got like kicked out for like rape charges, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the IMF, again, unelected bank uh, that exists, and they want to step in uh, before we get to the El Salvador situation. In the past, the IMF has pillaged uh, Latin American countries. I believe Argentina knows this story very well. Uh, I believe Belize has been pillaged as well. What they do is they basically come in and they act as like a private equity group that loads a country up with debt and forces companies, uh, forces to work with companies that are favorable with the IMF and they can never pay it back. So they just stay indebted. They stay treading water. They can never break out of the fiat cycle. And the IMF is one of the greatest enablers of uh, undue amounts of debt in Latin America, specifically over the last few decades. And now, now one of the countries uh, in Latin America, El Salvador, is trying to break free and adopt their own currency. They're trying to make a sovereign, autonomous decision on behalf of themselves and their citizens. They don't like that. They're going to step in. Like they said in the article, there's a $1 billion loan that's being discussed between El Salvador's officials and the IMF. And it seems like they're going to use that as uh, a bargaining chip when they meet today. Uh, they've met they've already met or they are meeting right now and so yeah it's begun you're going to see the imfs the world economic forums the g7 the un and you'll see the world health organization the cdc we had senator warren come out last night we had a gentleman from stanford come out last night uh and they're they're all beginning to attack bitcoin and attack el salvador for making a decision on behalf of themselves you don't like that they, they can't control bitcoin they can't control what El Salvador does with its Bitcoin. So they need to step in and say, hey, get in line. It's bigger than Bitcoin, right? It's like any country or government that has tried to step away from the U.S. dollar that isn't Russia or China has gotten the fucking boot. <laughs> um, and now they actually have a real option at the table um, in Bitcoin, the a proper a, open monetary network. Gaddafi got a knife up the ass. He didn't get the boot. Exactly. Exactly. Gaddafi was one of the first things I was thinking about. He wanted to have a pan-African gold-backed currency. Got, um, got a fucking eight-inch knife stuck up his ass. The, I just want to be clear to anyone who's watching this video at a later time and noticed that I was laughing while Marty was talking about a very serious thing. It was because Marty Owl's, Marty's owl in the comments said that I can't afford residency at a Motel 6. And that was the, that was the only reason I was laughing. So I know the chat won't. It won't still be there if you watch this in the future. It's pretty funny, but no, it's it's serious. Like the IMF again. Like so, this like let's lay bare these these people. They're they don't care about the world. They don't care about the poor. They don't care about El Salvador and uh, its local decisions that it's making on behalf of its citizens. What it sees as best for itself. They want to step in. And say, no, you have to get in line. You have to live on this system or you're going to get Gaddafi'd. And that's why I tweeted out earlier, expect many more coups in Latin America uh, being being pushed by Western forces, economic, corporate, military, political forces that do not like, that they do not have control of this. So 
to all of our brothers and sisters in El Salvador, stay strong. President Bukele, stay strong. We will be here to support you. I met a lot of Latin American freaks this week. Uh, it's truly a pleasure. I fucking love our Latin American community in general. Um, I'm getting convinced, man. I think, you know, I think the Citadel hunt is going to go down to Latin America. Right. I don't know where in Latin America, but uh, I've always loved the culture. Land is cheap. Maybe to, to me, I, I, I see I see the Americas rising, the Americas that are, you know, not us. And uh, I'm, I'm all here for it. Let's fucking go. I can get down with that Puerto Vila lifestyle in Costa Rica. I can do it. But again, we're going to have to stand up for these people, right? It's going to get messy. It's going to get really fucking messy. Like, I don't think people realize. Maybe I'm wrong. This would be the best prediction to be wrong about. The mempool clearing, great prediction to be wrong about, in my opinion. Uh, taproot, tap, taproot locking in, great prediction to be wrong about. But if this is just super easy and just one country after the next decides to announce that, that Bitcoin's legal tender and they're accumulating Bitcoin in the reserves, you know, you guys can dunk on me for the rest of eternity. We could do it together. You know, it'll be great. Cool. But I just think it's going to get, it's like, we have not fucking, and we're like our next story that we're going to talk about after this. Like, it's just, it just feels like the narrative is just prepping. They're hitting us from like four different angles now. Um, you know, you got, you got this with the, the legal tender stuff. You we're going to have, you know, the ransomware, which we're going to talk about. Um, we had the energy use and, uh, you know, once the American economy starts to falter, which we've all been expecting for a long fucking time, it's going to be the fault of Bitcoiners. You know, I mean, they're going to blame it on us. They're going to fucking blame it on us. So, and with America, it goes the rest of the world. So if the American economy starts to falter, you know, you're going to see global repercussions there. And it's just going to get really, really fucking messy. Yeah. I just want the freaks to be prepared. I, I, like I said, if we're prepared and we're wrong, so be it. That's fantastic. You took a little bit extra time out. You spent a little bit more mental cycles on it. But if, if we're right and not prepared, we're going to get fucking crushed. We're going to get absolutely crushed. And I, I don't think Bitcoin will die, but I think Bitcoiners, especially public Bitcoiners or Bitcoiners that not, you know, didn't take care of their privacy, which is the overwhelming majority of Bitcoiners, are going to get fucking crushed, guys. You're going to get fucking crushed. Error on the side of caution. Expect to get crushed. Prepare to be crushed. Hopefully we don't get crushed. But that's the interesting thing. Like how quickly do people tag along with el salvador do other countries start i think it's gonna be fucking quick the rumors i'm hearing man and if that happens like again especially if they're just acting in their own sovereign interest autonomously have never done anything like salvador el salvador is what a country of six million people i just want to see an orange wave just flash down latin america but what can they do right like what they can, can do a lot we're about to see right but like, what can they do without looking overt? Stay tuned next episode. What? Overtly evil and they don't care about looking overtly evil. That's a good point, but I don't know. I feel like what's gonna happen? There'll be like protests at home, Ooh. and they'll split along party lines. That's like the weird, and, and they'll work. They'll work everyone against each other. They'll 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 have the poor's on both sides attack each other. The poor no corners on each side attack each other while they just attack the big corners. Yeah. 
as is tradition. But we're stronger. Like we can beat these narratives. I think I don't. I think we have good forces on our side too. Look, I I have I especially after last week, you know, our team is quite strong. Very strong. I have a lot of faith. I have a lot of faith in the freaks. I have a lot of faith in big corners. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Right. This is bigger than all of us. This is. That's the difference between us and the shit corners. You know, it's 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 bigger than us. It's, you know, I could lose everything. If Bitcoin succeeds, it was it was worth it. You know, and and there's a lot of fucking people that feel the same way, and that's super fucking powerful. Oh yeah. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be messy as fuck and painful as fuck. Be prepared, freaks. Be prepared. I'm excited. I'm like, I'm ready to go. You know, I need a little. A world or a Western world filled with weak men have never had any hardship. Let's fight. I'm ready. Are you? I hope so. I mean, I'd prefer not to fight, but yeah, if we have to, we will. Yeah, you, I'd prefer not to too. You know what? No, you know what? You need you need to grow some hair on your chest. We need to fight. It can't be this easy. Marty, we saw your chest last week or two weeks ago. Exactly. I need to grow hair. I need to fight. <laughs> do you shave it? No, I'm a naked mole rat. Freaks everywhere are asking. No, I do not shave it. I'm glad we have the, the big questions, the important questions we're answering on the podcast today. Yeah. It's going to come, though. But who are we up against? Who is Klaus Schwab? Hmm? Is that who we're up against? And why do people listen to him? Like these, these are I don't the think people. so. What do you mean? You think that's who we're up against? I mean, I think he's up there. I mean, the world economic. So who is he? Why don't you explain to the first I don't know who he is. Apparently, Whitney uh, Webb wrote an article. So you're, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a rhetorical question. No, I know he's a leader of the World Economic Forum. Okay. It's like, That's what all I was looking for. I mean, I know that, but like beyond that, why is the World Economic Forum dictating global policy? Why are they pushing for everybody to own nothing but be happy? Why is the ESG <laughs> movement in the United States picking up the World Economic Forum talking points and regurgitating them verbatim? Why... Are we listening to Klaus Schwab? Who is he? Why does his word matter? Why does the World Economic Forum matter? Why does the IMF's opinion matter? Like these these entities are unelected, just can, like entities that get to decide whether or not a country can adopt Bitcoin, and maybe not decide uh, overtly, but put a lot of pressure to change the decision, which I imagine the IMF's doing right now in El Salvador. Like, why do these people have any power? Why does Christine Lagarde, as head of the IMF, why is she able to give the best friend of the President Sarkozy $376 million or something like that? Why is Klaus Schwab able to get on to Bloomberg and tell us that we're going to re-architect our economy and build back better and build and re reorganize and redesign capitalism, which is code word for like bring communism to the rest of the world? Why do these people have any power? over anything that we do. It doesn't make any sense to me. We shouldn't put up with it. And the IMF specifically, if they try to step in here, we should call them out. They're more criminal than anything that, that Bukele's ever done. They're, they're loan sharks that destroy countries. They pillage, they hollow out countries for the good of the elites in the world. Need another noon. I had my first high noon uh, last week in Indy. What'd you think? They're pretty good. I think I mean, it's just vodka soda in a can. Yeah, I think they're good. I like them. If you can find them, they're hard to get. They're hard to get. Before we move on from El Salvador, we can't go. move on. We can't move on. It's a quick, 
it's the quickness with which, oh shit, we're adopting Bitcoin now. Like what else we could, can we do like within, so like, oh, we have to talk about this. Nick Carter, All caps. Nick Carter's Twitter spaces. So this is another interesting aspect of this whole situation where I think we can win. We should prepare for the worst, prepare to fight. You know, I was talking big game. I need to grow my ch- uh, chest hair and all that. But things are changing the world rapidly. So Nick Carter hosted a Twitter spaces the other night while he's making some pork chops to talk about the El Salvador uh, uh, law that got passed. And at some point, the president of El Salvador's brothers got into the chat and they were talking back and forth. And then the president joins the chat. I'm like completely unannounced while he's in parliament his brother joined first right yeah his brothers i think two of his brothers joined and they were talking i guess they dm'd him like yo get in here bro and nick carter alex gladstein i think peter mccormick was in there balaji showed up the shitcoin of course i was i was fast asleep it was like the first yeah i was asleep at like 10 p.m like yeah. a good boy yeah i went to bed at like 9 30 i think so i was passed out for all this but i think historically and nick's been tweeting about it and Stay humble, Nick, but it will be looked at as a pivotal moment in media history because you had the president of a country joining a bunch of quote unquote plebs on Twitter to have a direct conversation with them, a direct interview with them about Bitcoin. And he was asked a shit ton of questions from what I understand. And I listened to some of the the recorded parts of it and he was just fielding questions without any screening like he just hopped in randomly and he was talking directly to to bitcoiners about this new law and so from a media perspective he didn't go to cnn msnbc fox news whatever it may be uh, i mean he will as well i'm sure he will but like as they're signing the bill he's on twitter with thousands of people watching this twitter spaces and listening in as he's talking directly to bitcoiners and answering pretty pretty hard questions like we are the media now like that's uh, thing. We can control this narrative. We can, we can create these platforms to get this word out there directly without having it be completely filtered and manipulated by uh, the other media entities that, that may have some perverse incentives on the back end from advertising dollars and pressure from executives and board members. No, 100%. That's super cool. I mean, that's one of the cool parts about the internet and Twitter in general. Um, I think this is a uh, phenomenon that has existed and has been growing for a while, a long time, but it was pretty cool to at least, you know, see the aftermath of it the next day. Um, we do have a bunch of freaks chirping on us about us going to bed. I just want to be absolutely clear, freaks. Uh, if you have low time preference, it is not healthy. It's not healthy to be on social media doom scrolling on Twitter, you know, past 8, 9 p.m. Like you should, you should practice some self-control you should practice some self-control and not do that just consider that yeah and go have kids and and realize what it feels like to stay up past 11 on a weeknight i'm not kidsplaining here but i mean you just did that whatever boomer matt don't lecture me you pigeon yeah doom scrolling i get caught in every once in a while but yeah it was my i didn't land in ac until like 1 30 monday into tuesday morning and so that happened Tuesday night. I was in bed by like nine, nine o'clock that night. You, you land in AC, you get home at two. Your son wakes up at six. I needed to get my eight hours in. I missed it. I'm sorry. Would you have been on stage? Would we have been on stage if we were awake? I guess that's the question. 
Nick, would you let us up? We just saw Nick. I saw Nick like two days before that. Yeah. He was- um, so the cool thing is, so they were like brainstorming. Well, all that is cool. Everything is fucking cool. But they were brainstorming Bitcoin mining on on the Twitter spaces. And someone mentioned uh, geothermal. And it turns out that they have a volcano over there, which Marty doesn't know if it's the volcano behind him. I don't think um, it is. And they're going to be doing volcano mining, which is like the fanciest geothermal mining you could do. Uh, so that's pretty volcanoes. fucking cool. Never thought but, of volcanoes. I never thought of it. I never connected volcanoes with geothermal. I mean, we've had all this geothermal mining going on in Iceland. Iceland. Which I'm coming to understand. Yeah, volcanoes. Volcanoes as well. But I never thought you, I never. There's connected. literally a volcano popping off right now in Iceland. Never, never connected the dots. Always thought geothermal was just like hot air that existed. You thought like the earth was farting or something? Exactly. That's what I thought it was. This is your Uncle Mark. Hey, well, today, today you learn. You learn something new every day. I never thought of the volcanoes. Now, I'm, now I can think of it as a Bitcoin miner. Like, holy shit, we're like the relatively inactive volcanoes producing quality lava flows and, and, and geothermal energy. Let's go. Well, in the list, I put volcano mining in all caps because I feel like it's that kind of moment. So, President McKaylee, if you're watching, anybody in El Salvador is thinking about volcano mining, just be careful. You guys are by the ocean. You have to take care of your machines. You might want to think of a cooling immersed system so that salt air doesn't make your miners rough. We'll talk about it. Call, call me. Call me. There's a, there's a lot of nuance that goes into this mining stuff. I want you guys to do it right. Uh, but it, that was the amazing thing. It was like so quick. Like they were on that Twitter space. Who was it? Gladstein and proposed the question. It was like, hey, could you- I think it was Gladstein. Someone gave someone else credit, but I'm pretty sure it was Gladstein. Yeah, and within- I didn't re-listen to the whole thing to be honest. Like I, I listened to like two minutes, three minutes. I didn't actually go back and listen to the thing. Yeah, but within 12 hours, he had already contacted the the operators of the geothermal plant. It was like, yeah, we have so much excess capacity. I think he said like 94 megawatts or something like that. It's like, all right, we're going to mine. Yeah, fucking plug them in, man. Just fucking plug them in. It's- Someone said uh, we have Timo Schmidt in the comments. Very poignant comment. He said, volcanoes are the chads of mountains. This is true. <laughs> this this is-, is why it's important we have the live chat so we can bring the freaks in the audio stream, the important uh, takeaways from it. Call me for the nuance about something I'd never thought about till it was brought up two nights ago. I'm sorry. I can't be excited about the volcano mining opportunity. What? I'm not, I'm supposed to stay silent because I mean, Bitcoin Twitter got very excited about volcanoes. <laughs> Dude, honestly, All of a sudden I thought I was just a part of volcano Twitter. Like it just like stopped becoming, it was, it stopped being Bitcoin. It was just all my whole feed was volcanoes. Well, it does prove the point that Bitcoin mining incentivizes clean energy production. But don't volcanoes. Bitcoin's the Green New Deal. It really is. Volcanoes do literally boil the ocean, though. Literally. Literally. But they make new land for it. So trade-offs, trade-offs, a little boiled ocean for some more walkable land. I think that's worthy. I think that's a worthy trade-off. I just so. So, I mean, it just goes hand in hand with what we've been talking about, right? It's like we want to see mining distribute more. So it's just cool to see another country moving into the mining sector. And it's cool to see a president care about that kind of thing. And it's a great way for them to accumulate Bitcoin. They already have a volcano. They already have the spare electricity. It's a legal tender. They're going to be getting jobs. They're going to be accumulating Bitcoin always. Let's go. And there's volcanoes all throughout the world. A lot in Latin America. 
I wouldn't be surprised if if more Latin American. There's a lot of volcanoes. A lot of volcanoes. You ever heard of the Ring of Fire? It goes like all the way from the Pacific over to Japan. Is that the Ring of Fire? Or is that? Yeah, yeah, it's the Ring of Fire. You you were doing well lecturing us on volcanoes until you asked the question. Um, my bad. My bad. But it's happening. It's like so crazy. Expect a fight though. The IMF's going to come in and be like, oh uh, yeah, it's going to get dirty. You can't. But it's that. it's. Let's enjoy ourselves while we're fighting freaks. Let's enjoy it. But while we're on this topic, El Salvador's move to make Bitcoin legal tender is indicative of a growing trend throughout the world to move away from dollars because many countries are viewing the dollars a bit more risky as the Fed prints trillions of dollars out of thin air in conjunction with other central banks who aren't printing dollars out of thin air. Maybe the euro dollar, you could say that, but printing money out of it. When we when we print money and use it for uh, whether we use it for internal expenses um, like infrastructure or whatever, infrastructure or whatever air quotes um, or if we send out UBI checks to Americans like what we do is 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 we're we're taxing the rest of the world that relies on us as a reserve currency because they don't get that benefit but they do get the inflation um, that is that is amplified even further in a country like El Salvador that's a dollarized country. They don't even have their own currency. They don't have their own monetary policy. They just rely on the dollar completely. Um, so we've just been taking advantage of them this whole time. And, and Bitcoin gives them the ability to opt out with a completely open monetary network. And that is just that is fucking beautiful to see. And it should be interesting to you know see how how they try and stamp it out while fighting that narrative because ultimately it's a narrative of freedom, exactly. And autonomy, like again, like I don't think from an optics perspective it's going to be possible for the UN nations, G seven, G eight, whatever, to step in and tell these people no. It's like who the fuck are you to tell these people they can't right. have software? So at the end of the day, what is Bitcoin? It's software, right? You can't. First of all, Marty, the Marty, the quiet, the 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 silence from mainstream media speaks volumes. Okay, mm-hmm. it wasn't front page news anywhere. No one's really talking about it. You see people dismissing it left and right. All the talking head blue checks from Silicon Valley and stuff that are like El Salvador's a, a tiny nation. Why would they adopt Bitcoin? Yada they, yada yada. Call one out specifically. That tone deaf douche, Jason Calacanis. Go fuck yourself, dude. You privileged asshole. Cuckmentality.com. Go check it out. It's not. It's redirected. I don't own it. I don't know who how, owns how, it. Like how tone deaf do you have to be? Like how much of a fucking tone deaf douche do you have to be to come out and be like, oh, it's only a country of six million people? Like that's the, that's why Bitcoin's gonna win because those tone deaf douches like Jason Calcanis are gonna are gonna snide, make snide remarks and deride Bitcoin as the the downtrodden across the world begin adopting it. Like all right, like. <laughs> Fucking make fun of us all you want. We're going to start fucking volcano mining, Jason. Have fun with your Uber games, you fucking loser. I don't like that, dude. He's a pussy. Oh, I couldn't tell. Sounds like one, too. And he's like mining the energy FUD. He's such a fucking pussy. He's always been an asshole. Remember when he had like like the seven unicorn emojis in his name because uh, he had like invested in seven unicorns companies, billionaire billion companies. Guess what, Jason? You may have won. You may have won a few bets in your life, but you're going to lose this one massively, and you're going to go down in history as a tone-deaf douche. I think he owns Bitcoin. 
think he admitted to owning Bitcoin. Oh, I think he made too, but he's, he's been like, oh, you need to fix the energy problem. We don't need to fix shit, Jason. Bitcoin is the currency of energy. I was, you know, I'm very critical of Sailor, but I was proud of Sailor's response there. I'm well, not going to paraphrase it, but well, whatever, whatever he responded to Jason, it was a good response. Yeah. Apparently, apparently Jack had a good response to Cal Canis as well. Which one, Mahler's or Dorsey? I don't know. I'm just looking. You just it. read the comment too, right? Yeah. On yeah. the live chat. Yeah. You shouldn't be reading the live chat. But I'm freaks, I'll always read your live chat. Whatever you say, I'll always read it. Like it or love it or hate it, whatever you may, there is a growing trend. Mahler's. Mahler's was the one. I assumed it was Mahler's. There is a growing trend in a lot of parts of the world. He's got so much passion. To move Sorry. away. To move away from the dollar. El Salvador, they're still keeping the dollar as their, as one of their reserve currencies. They'll still be partially dollarized. Um, but adding Bitcoin as legal tender is a, a hedge against the dollar, if you will, even if uh, the president doesn't directly admit that. And he His rationalization was remittances, I believe. Um, but this is another thing. I don't think we have this on the list, but something that should be noted, Russia... Uh, its sovereign wealth fund dumped all dollar assets. So right now the Russian sovereign wealth fund, which is uh, a couple hundred billion dollars, I believe. Yeah. Currently holds 35% of its liquid assets in dollars, which is $41.5 billion. Um, but they're going to liquidate all their dollar assets for for other for other assets of so pound yen gold yuan and euro they're they're dumping the dollar you think they're they think they're mad that everybody's blaming russian hackers for everything literally everything no putin's always been a chess player that's the other thing people don't realize about Mahler's. Mahler's is a world-class chess player this guy's like four moves ahead he's already got like five nations in checkmate right now right um Putin knows exactly what he's doing, and I would be very surprised if he doesn't take complete advantage of this situation. Um, so apparently, according uh, to the live comments, uh, Mahler's responded with a video clip. And the video clip was uh, from Bitcoin 2021, from his announcement of El Salvador doing... Um, you know, making Bitcoin legal tender where he was talking about his privileged friends who were drinking $35 Manhattans and saying inflation wasn't real. <laughs> yeah. That's Jason Calacanis for you. Privileged asshole in Silicon Valley telling the people of El Salvador that adopting Bitcoin, their adoption of Bitcoin has no, no implications. Little does he know that one move by one small country in Central America will have profound effects in human history. It is a small domino that will unleash a domino effect uh, over the years to come, I believe, that will be looked back in history as, as one of the most pivotal points in human history. Bold statement, large statement. We'll see if it comes true, but I truly believe that. Like that's what Bitcoin has been talking about for over a decade now. It's the geopolitical game theory. Once you have one country jump in the pool, it it increases the incentive for others to join them. And we just had El Salvador jump in the pool, and they're swimming free right now. Let's fucking go. Let's go. <sighs> stay humble, freaks. Even though we've been right about most of this shit, stay humble. Uh, 
stay humble. And now to another interesting story. Okay. And wait, one more, one more thing, Marty. Go for, Go for it. A bunch of freaks saying, you know, Matt, you know, you're now you're saying nation state FOMO is upon us. You said corporate FOMO was upon us. The only public companies that have announced that they have treasury positions are are Tesla and MicroStrategy. You were wrong about corporate FOMO. Corporate FOMO is ongoing. Stop being a little bitch. And they forgot. It's happening right now. Old New York life, like. Yeah, it's like, how quick did you think it was going to happen? Are we at the suddenly part? And look, if you disagree with me, just sell your Bitcoin. I don't fucking give a shit. Stop watching the show. Go watch Jason's show with Chamath. Go buy your fucking BitClout nonsense and fucking sell your Bitcoin. Agreed. No, I, I am hearing that Jason does own Bitcoin, but it's his wife's boyfriend that holds the keys. So that <laughs> is a, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. He seems like a cuck. You talked about this a lot on Citadel Dispatch this week with Evan. Colonial- yeah, we did like basically a pure ransomware episode this week. Yeah. So let's get to the gist. What? Again, I was sleeping. Missed most of the Citadel dispatch, but this is a this is a sketchy story. Going in with no knowledge of your conversation. What's the synopsis after your discussion with Evan? So yeah, the Colonial Pipeline got ransomware. Mm-hmm. Um, their accounting system got uh, encrypted, and they couldn't access it, and they stopped selling energy because they couldn't bill anyone. They had a policy of not paying ransoms. They reached out to the FBI. They're like, we're going to pay the ransom. We're completely fucked. Uh, so they paid the ransom and they told the FBI, this is our transaction ID, right? So they paid about $4 million, um, you know, like a hundred Bitcoin or something like that. The FBI immediately started tracking that Bitcoin. So it's actually very similar to a threat model as if you KYC, right? Because the FBI knows, okay, this is the, the ransomese address, right? Now with dark side ransomware, the way it works is it's a ransomware as a service. It's really the, uh, the evolution of ransomware. So you have the, the lead devs who actually maintain dark side software. And then you have all these different gangs that pay them a flat fee. They get the software. And then when they get a ransom, they send back a cut to the dev team, but they keep the majority of it, right? So, so it got split at that point, uh, I guess like 15% or something like that. 15% went to the dev team of Darkside. The remaining uh, 85% went to the affiliate. To the affiliate. And they proceeded to track those Bitcoin. And there was two mistakes made. And it's, it's very interesting because we talk about this on the show a lot. It, there was an on-chain privacy mistake that was made, which was the affiliate uh, combined a bunch of inputs linking common ownership, right? And then there was a network level issue, which Ergo, our friend Ergo did an analysis. And his theory is, is that they were using an Electrum client without their own node, which means you're wow. using someone else's Electrum node, which we have theorized are run by surveillance companies. And as a result, they were able to get the IP address of the coin holder and figure out that the wallet was actually on a server, and then they seized the server, which had the private keys on it. Now, that's one theory. The second theory is all those, the rest of the stuff is true. The same things I just said. 
but instead of a server being, and the FBI intentionally, the DOJ intentionally doesn't really tell us exactly how this last part ended, right? Maybe the FBI or the DOJ were running a custodial mixer, which these criminals like to use. And as soon as they sent the Bitcoin, the 63.7 Bitcoin into the custodial mixer, then they seized it. But it does appear that they haven't actually arrested anybody. They just were able to get their hands on the private keys that control the Bitcoin. And Marty's about to tell us that he thinks it's a false flag. I think it's a psyop. I do. It's not. It's not, Marty. They, 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 yeah, it's not. So they, this is, first of all, ransomware happens all the time. Our systems are super vulnerable. Um, Most of the time we don't claw back any money. Now, obviously if they get money back, the government is going to grandstand like motherfuckers. I'm not saying that they're not using this to their advantage after they How got it. Somebody shut down the colonial pipeline and That's ridiculous, Marty. light client, light electrum client on a personal server. Marty, we, wow. we saw, we saw an OG, we saw an OG lose a thousand Bitcoin running an electrum hot wallet. You, you started off the show talking about how we have over 2,500 Bitcoin in samurai hot wallets that are mixing right? That are constantly mixing. People use hot wallets. The Lightning Network relies on hot wallets. 1,400 Bitcoin on a hot wallet. So someone using a hot wallet doesn't mean that it's unrealistic. I mean, people use hot wallets all the time. What if the ransomware people have 6,000 Bitcoin and they take a calculated risk? They have 60 Bitcoin Why would they leave their, hot, why would they hot, leave their wallet? hot wallet on a server in, in the US when they know that it's like where they're going? Like, because for the most sense. part, doesn't they're using a fake ID. They're using a fake ID and they're able to get away with it. It's a convenience thing. Okay. And on top of all of this, I already didn't think it was, I already didn't think it was a false flag. And, and to be honest, Marty, you should have some proof if you're going to, if you're going to claim it is one. Um, But I had a freak who I already had a relationship with. I had a freak, I had a freak who I already had a relationship with who said that he was in the internal discussions of the colonial pipeline thing. And it's absolutely true that they got caught with their pants down. And I already, like, this is a month long, months long conversation I've had with this guy. I don't want to say more than that, mm-hmm. but he was in the internal discussions and they got completely fucked. They're, they were running like fucking COBOL or some shit like Windows 95. Like they, they don't, you know, they, they weren't prepared for it. I don't doubt that. And like, is, I'm is not doubting that at all? I'm doubting. We already have, we have I'm Ergo showing that, that it was easy to track it. Criminals would be so stupid to run an Electrum light client. Yes, an OG may have lost a thousand Bitcoin doing the same thing, but he's not ransomwareing a pipeline in the United States. Like, if you're going to ransomware a pipeline, you think you'd check some boxes before you go to execute that. No, I, being lock down your your wallet and your private keys so they can't be confiscated so easily. Hey, could be wrong. Could be wrong. I think you're wrong. Could be wrong. I think you're right. What's be the wrong. motive of the false flag, Marty? <laughs> ransomware attacks. And on Bitcoin. Ransomware attacks are happening already. Uh, I don't need to do a fake ransomware attack. Uh, There's a ransomware attack going on. There's like probably 10 ransomware attacks going on right now. That is the theme of the year. That is the theme of the year. Again, you know, I'm World Economic Forum weary, and they've been predicting 2021 is the year as a cyber attack. Yeah. It's very convenient that it's all happening. Yeah, and you get great engagement. You get great fucking engagement if you say it's a fucking false flag by three-letter agencies. But it wasn't. How can you prove that? Can you prove it? See, you're asking me to prove it. You can't prove that it wasn't, which is unfair. I'm okay, saying Marty. theory. I'm saying it's a theory. Somebody asked us if we disagree on anything over the weekend. This is one thing we disagree on, freaks. Yeah. 
And we don't even disagree. We don't know. I'm saying the American infrastructure is like super secure. If, if America ever gets a cyber attack, guys, it's just the American government faking it because oh, we're so secure. So it's going to be great, guys. No, I see that. I see that. I'm just skeptical. You know, I was highly skeptical. Look at you looking at the comments, looking for confirmation. I see. No, they're just running, though. They're just <laughs> fucking going. They're, well, the freaks are split half and half, you know? Yeah. It's hard. We have to stay together. We can't split up the family. Exactly. The divisive technique, the right? The important thing, freaks, is just know that we're fighting because of you. It's your fault. Yeah. But can you blame me, considering the amount of confirmed false flag psyops we've seen in the la- in, in the past? Don't yes, try. obviously. Don't try to verify. 100%. Mm-hmm. But, and, and there is a freak that is mentioning that the FBI intentionally made it seem like they're capabilities are stronger than it is yeah that's the other thing people were acting like easy but but they pretended they could hack bitcoin right but they stumbled into being able to recover this fucking ransomware the ransomware payment they usually aren't able to recover this shit okay but if you if you look at the actual fucking data the way they tracked it is exactly the type of things that we theorize on this podcast which is on-chain privacy and network level privacy and the guys fucked up both and there's a shit ton of freaks fucking up both. And there's a shit ton of Bitcoiners fucking up both. And that's why we're so fucking loud about it. And if anything, if anything, if this was a false flag, it's a false flag by me to try and get people to care about Bitcoin privacy some more. It wasn't a false flag of, of, of whatever the fuck it was supposed to be. You heard it here first. Matt, Matt O'Dell attacked the colonial pipeline. I'm just kidding. No, I agree. There, 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 there are not, not true. I <laughs> know. There are a bunch of freaks fucking myself included in the past. I got lazy. I'll, I'll hey, hand up. I got lazy uh, on Blue Wallet, uh, moving um, some coins to cold storage, and I was doing coin selection for good good amount of UTXOs, and then I wasn't paying attention, and I combined like five or six UTXOs by not doing coin selection on like the last transaction. It was bad. It could happen to anybody. That being said, I know we mentioned it uh, on Saturday during last week's RHR, which got posted on Monday, so this week's RHR, I guess. But uh, it's incredible to see things like Satoshi, satoshis.radio.br. Go check out that website if you haven't already. Like what they're doing to uh, encrypt messages into Morse code and then send them via amateur radio to a service that'll bounce the transaction off the moon and into a node that will decrypt that Morse code and allow you to sign a transaction or send a transaction, excuse me, um, is a beautiful thing. That is something at the P2P layer that will help uh, privacy significantly. 100%. Yeah, beware. Sorry for that dad fight, freaks. You know what? And like, use your own node, freaks. Definitely use your own node. I mean, what do you see what a Wayslice said? No, what he said. On Twitter, it's like, there's one thing for yeah, sure. The hackers didn't use, the, the hackers didn't listen to RHR. Thank you, Wayslice. Incredible beef steak, by the way. That might have been the biggest beef steak I've been to. It definitely was the biggest beef steak of all time at this point. It's, yeah, it's the biggest beef steak that's ever existed in Bitcoin land. Biggest Bitcoin beef steak that's ever happened. Shout out to James OB. For, for DJing. For doing, for doing the tunes. I, I, I shotgunned a beer that night, a bush light. First time I shotgunned a beer in quite a while. When you leave the kids home, you're going to do things you haven't done in quite a while. Shotgunning a beer being one of them. 
So we have, uh, before we just move on, we, you know, we, we have Plastic Wang in the comments. Uh, I love when they have great names for the shout out. Uh, asking, why didn't the hackers use Monero? And these hackers are known to, um, they actually, they offer you a discount if you pay Monero. You get a 20% discount if you pay Monero. Um, so it should be interesting. It should be interesting to see if, if that discount grows, if they stop accepting Bitcoin. Maybe this was just um, a narrow false flag. You know, more realistic than whatever you're theorizing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I do, I do implore the freaks to go and listen to Citadel Dispatch if you're interested in this conversation, because, you know, me and Evan spent an hour and a half on it, and uh, I know there's a lot of jokes about like Evan's like been on Dispatch. It was the 25th episode of Dispatch. Six months in a row, Dispatch has been going. And Evan's been on seven times. He's like one of the reoccurring hosts that I bring on. But he's particularly well suited for it because he just came from an infosec job. He was, you know, working high up um, in a company that deals with this type of thing for years. So uh, it was really good to have him on. And he was also chilling with us for like a week last week. So, And Evan's just dope as fuck. So stop complaining, freaks. You mentioned shout outs. Let's just do shout outs before I forget them. Let's fucking go. We probably still have back ones that people thought we were going to read last week, right? Yeah, we're going back to May 28th here. Disclaimer. Sponsored content. Why are you throwing this at me? All right. They're not trying to get you to buy anything. Looking for a Bitcoin project to work on. Feeling the urge to contribute to an open source project, but have not learned to code yet. Join the Anatomy of Bitcoin film and let's imagine Bitcoin together. Go to anatomyofbitcoin.com and fill in whatever gaps you can find. There's no council, just Bitcoiners following Bitcoin's principles and vision. Satoshi is the director. I guess it's an open source documentary on Bitcoin. Anatomyofbitcoin.com. What do you Wait, think? Wait. I think that's Pedro's. Is that Pedro's? Did he not put it there? No, he didn't. He said Satoshi is the director. That's how it ended. Satoshi is the director. I'm pretty sure that's our boy Pedro, Ride or Die Freak. Uh, Ride or Die Freak, Ride or Die New York Bitcoiner, Ride or Die Friend. Go pick up uh, his book, which is just simply, it's a coffee table book of the original. Pirate Hash, right? Pirate Hash, the original uh, Bitcoin implementation version. I might have made up that he's involved with this project, but I know for sure that over the last week, I've gotten hyped as fuck for it. People have been hyping me for it, so it. Go check Pat, lukewarm endorsement lukewarm endorsement from odell on this one sorry we uh sorry we were a couple weeks late it's supposed to be right on the 28th i don't know if timing better late than never the tftc difference freaks hey marley and mac I'd like to thank you both. My wife and I are here at the conference in part because of your voices of reason bitcoin has changed our lives and our children's lives now we'll have no rag rats when i explain to my grandchildren how we stack because we stack hard and that hardness comes from the true conviction and purity in the voices that influence. So to you both, Marky and Map, with caps locks on, peace and love, stay humble and stack sats, your friends, the Jacksons, RIP Puppy Sale. Let's fucking go. Puppy yep. Sale lives forever in our hearts. Boy, to the Jacksons, thank you for coming to the... I hope you came to the live RHR. We may have met in person. Thank you for listening. I'm glad that you're stacking for your children. This is all for our children here. 
I had multiple people come up to me and they're like, Matt, puppy sale made a difference to me. <laughs> uh, I'm getting called out in this one. ERCOT West Hub on peak real-time locational mar- marginal prices have fallen into negative territory in five out of the last seven years as most wind and more recently solar is added across the sprawling open fields of West Texas. West Hub real-time prices have already fallen as low as negative three cents a megawatt hour so far this year, something that typically happens la- later in the year. In 2016, West Hub real-time prices fell as low as negative 9.68 megawatt hours in Q4, assuming since the date of coal and slavery is upon it, GAM won't be availing themselves on any of the paid-to-take electricity. Beware the chain you wrap around your enemy's neck. God will place the other end around yours. God's, I don't I have a chain around my neck. What I would say to that comment is they're, they're basically alluding that like I'm saying, oh, wind and solar is not as cheap it is. It's about the reliability of that cheap energy. Is it cheap when you need it to be? Is it reliable when you need it to be? I would argue no. But thank you for the shout out. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Oh, same one. We've got a lot of shout outs that we got to catch up on. Thank you, freaks, for the shout out. If you guys are listening to this, if you're watching live, smash that like button, the subscribe, retweet, please. Anything goes a long way. We love you guys. Shout out. I love your podcast. It's incredible content. Thanks so much for producing it every week, especially RHR. It has really helped me get Bitcoin since I started listening in 2018. But why are shout outs denominated in cuck bucks? Does Matt have a cuck mentality? Could you please produce an intro to Bitcoin podcast that I can send to people who ask me about Bitcoin, especially explaining the risk of buying shit coins? I think no one explains this stuff better than you guys. You could use clips from your old podcast, like the one with Jack. I've been buying KYC free Bitcoin from a cash machine. I'm only using change that I get in shops because I'm worried that the serial numbers on the banknotes are being counted when I withdraw them and deposit them in a Bitcoin ATM. I've never thought of that one. You're being uh, too paranoid on that one. Free. I think that as well. But but it's good. The KYC free thing's good. Also, anything BTC pay server related, that's on Marty. Go to cuckmentality.com. Oh, the shout out's not done yet. Okay. We're going to get to the content of the shout out. <laughs> God. Do they do something like chain surveillance with banknotes? Thanks. Shah. P.S. Solar panels make much more energy than is used making them. Vaccines are not gene therapies. God, they're coming at me for the solar panels this week. I don't I would I would challenge that to some extent. What would you challenge? That solar panels make much more energy than is used to make them. Are you challenging the vaccine comments? Vaccines are not gene therapies. I'm not educated enough to fair. Uh, I mean, the cool thing about the solar panels, right, or or turbines or net gas or volcano mining or hydro is in a post-Bitcoin world, you know, you either are actually using efficient energy or you're going to have fun staying poor, right? It's like there's no need to argue. You pick your energy mix and see how it works out for you. The market will find a way. It will find an answer. The market will tell. In, go. in regards to BTC Pay Server and the... Shout outs being denominated in cuck bucks. I don't think I'm going to change that anytime soon. Like, what would, what would we put it at? Like, it started. You put it as sats. You'd put it as a set sats. Yeah, when we started, it was at like, <laughs> like, what should it be? Like, what was the shout out? So, the shout out was 134,626 sats. It's kind of cool watching the sats amount change. Yeah. yeah. Right. But, you know, it should be, I think it'd be cool if it was linked to like some kind of purchasing power. Like, like to do a shout out, it has to be a cost of a chicken. 
but I don't know if BTC pay server offers like denominating chickens. It'd be cool if like we could do like two chickens as a shout out. Two chickens is like, like two high quality chickens. I learned this recently is like $15 or something like that. So maybe like four high quality chickens. Live? What? Like high quality live? Like are they alive? Yeah, they're living. Yeah. Four high quality chicken. Yeah, I'm just getting right. Chicken. Wouldn't that be cool? BTC pay server. We'll we'll submit a pull request to price things in chickens. Cucks <laughs> instead of cucks. Yeah, cucks. Cocks. <laughs> That's gonna be four cocks, please. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna price the shoutouts and cocks going forward. But we could. I know I'm down to do it in sats. We could do sats. We we'll like just have to readjust it when number goes up. And. Dictator Marty coming in. We're keeping Let's it. Let's do like a hundred thousand sats. We can do a hundred thousand sats. Like what? Right. And then like once we pass two hundred k, once we pass once on we pass two hundred k, we adjust it. Sound off on comments on Twitter. What would be better? A set sat price, hundred thousand sats, a shout out, or denominating cuck bucks? Because again, those sats get more expensive. If the price goes up, but but You're spending but, less sats. But the freaks are gonna the freaks are gonna have more sats as the price goes. I mean, they're not gonna they'll if they're stacking, they'll have more sats, and they're gonna be they're gonna be wealthier as it goes up as well. Yeah, it's a weird dynamic we have to figure out. We can always adjust it down in the future. I'll certainly try. All right, I like the idea of just making a hundred thousand sats. It's a fluid uh, it's a fluid situation. We'll figure it out. We're gonna we're gonna sidebar this. This is Matt was talking business live on air. Marty and Matt, happy Bitcoin twenty twenty one. I was so stoked to see you both in person. Unfortunately, I had to leave early. I got called back to HQ. Anywho, anyhow, keep up the good work and please help out with the following two items. Number one, Marty, please please move back to New York. It's really hard to monitor your fucking South Jersey. You and fucking South Jersey from the New York field office. Number two, Matt, could you change heuristic Sundays to heuristics Mondays? Our old school boss thinks we need to work weekends because you were reshuffling the deck on Sundays. Love and peace. Marty's FBA, FBI agent. Code word equals. What's up, my FBI agent? I like you. It's a pleasure meeting you. Just take it easy on me when they bring me in for, for spreading freedom. Your handshake was a little weak, so I noticed it was you. Yeah. Yeah, the spooks always have the weakest handshakes. You don't like getting dirty. Shout out to my FBI agent. We're just doing good. both Mezcal and a Corona right now. We're just doing good things here. I got a Corona on the back end um, after my uh, my claws are done or my high noons, excuse me. Um, yeah, FBI agent. We're just like spreading freedom here. We're not creating any false flag ransomware attacks like you are. It's debatable. <laughs> we're just we're just doing our best. Debatable. Matt Matt just admitted to it on air. Shout out to the New York Bitcoin crew. It was an absolute pleasure to meet a number of you guys this week in Miami, and I appreciate the good times. Y'all built an awesome community that is spread around the country and is such a valuable asset to the Bitcoin pleb network from Skeef. Shout out Skeef. Oh, Skeef was in our Citadel. He was in our Miami Citadel. Oh, yeah. Shout out. It was a pleasure meeting you, Skeef. It's so funny when the plebs introduce me, and I'm not going to dox his name, but they, they say their name. No idea. And then he goes, Skeef. I'm like, Skeef, let's fucking go. <laughs> uh, Skeef, shout out to you. Thank you for the shout out. I know that's not your first one. Love you. New York Bitcoin crew. I mean, legends of the game. Legends of the game. Very good. 
very good uh, crew up in New York. Our Citadel was all New York Bitcoiners plus Wiz. And Skeef in New York? No, I mean, he just, he he was there for a party. We had a private beefsteak. Ah, okay. Okay. I mean, the pro move... The, the pro move for any of these things is you split an Airbnb with beefsteak Josh, and then you just have a beefsteak every day. Yeah, it's not a bad move at all. It's not a bad move. Last but not least, I saw a tweet last night about volcano mining. Is that for real? Also, as a wage cuck, what can I do to help the decentralize the computation, a.k.a. mining? Answer the first question. Yes, it is real. You can use the geothermal energy to plug in to a power distribution unit that would then create elect or flow electricity to ASIC miners that would produce hashes that would contribute to a mining pool that would eventually lead to payouts and sats to a wallet of your choice. It is this is possible. It is happening. It ha- already has happened in Iceland. I didn't realize it was volcanoes producing. <laughs> we've we've already gone over that this episode. But yes, it can happen anywhere. It seems like the President of El Salvador came to this realization yesterday as well. We're all coming to this realization. Volcanoes are hot, literally and figuratively, in the streets right now. Um, so yes, that is possible. And to answer your second question, what can I do to help the decentralize the computation, aka mining? Many things. Uh, what is the Econ Alchemist or Econo Alchemist? What's is that? Econ Alchemist. Is it Econo or just Econ? Econ Alchemist. There's a second O. There's a second O. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Econo Alchemist. Yes. E C O. He's on dispatch. A L C H E M I S T. Did he? Yeah. He has a great, if you want to mine at home. And Diverter, too. Diverter. Yeah. Both of them are on dispatch. Diverter KYC. They have great mine from home tutorials if you want to. Acquire a miner yourself, create a an environment for that miner to live in to make sure it doesn't get too hot and too loud in your house, and you can plug that into your wall and pay the electricity prices if you want to. The uh, hard part is getting the miner right now. Yeah. Marty still owes me an ASIC. I do? Yeah, can you hook me up with an ASIC, Marty? We'll sidebar that. I probably When I go to Airbnbs, I need to bring an ASIC with me. I've been trying to get like an... And like I can get one, but I want like a reasonably priced one. Yeah. Hook a brother up. I think I think you'll be happy later this summer. Let's fucking go. And uh just both of those guys are if you go to citadeldispatch.com slash help, they're both there. Yeah. Um disclaimer sponsor of the pod. If you don't want to do it yourself, but you do want to buy a miner and plug it in at a hosting facility, Compass Mining does do that as well. Um that is an option. And it works. I, I've talked to many people that are doing it. They're happy with it. So if you want to take the uh, the complication of doing it yourself, there are many benefits to doing it yourself, particularly from the privacy perspective and just the hands-on experience of doing it. Um, but if you're lazy, that is an option as well. And there's others like it. Um, if you have a GP. Is there KYC? I mean, you're sharing debit and credit card information to buy the miner. Can you buy with Bitcoin? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I think there's minimal KYC info. So the cool part to me about home mining is that, you know, you can plug in one or two miners, even if you end up paying 30% more than you would have if you bought it on Cash App or something. Um, you're, you're paying the, the KYC premium, which is nice. You know, you get a KYC free, just basically stacking. 
every day you just get more sets, more sets, more sets. Yeah. Um, that to me, that's, that should be the value prop for the whole minor is like, we, we can, as, as sovereign, as, as sovereign individuals, we can justify a, a higher acquisition cost because we we're thinking long-term and we, we want to have that KYC free stat. Agreed. Thank you guys for the shout outs. Sorry, I'm burping. Uh, we love the shout outs. If you guys want to get a shout out on the show right now, it's 50 cuck bucks a shout out, but we're obviously, as you heard, thinking about maybe changing that. To 50, cock bucks. 50 cocks. <laughs> 50. <laughs> maybe we'll transition it to four cocks in the future. We'll see if Rockstar Deb can make that, or he's not. He's working at Strike now. We'll see if somebody works. Yeah, he's still working. He does both. He's a man of many hats. All right. Um, and he finally got his BTC pay hats, by the way. Uh, that's Gary Leland, not me. Yeah, Gary fucking made it happen. Thank you, Gary. My favorite. Boomer. Sorry, Tina. No, you're both my favorite. It's equal. With that being well, said. I like Gary because Gary's actually bullish and Tina's still a bear. <laughs> my dachshund team, he's not a boomer. He's like 23 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to tftc.io slash contribute. Thank you guys for your shout outs it's one of our favorite parts of the show our favorite part of the show this is the best part of the show yeah we love that you guys get value out of this that we interact with this that we have our inside jokes on the show marty will pretty much read whatever you fucking put in there <laughs> don't say that man now you're gonna <laughs> didn't read uh the hexadecimal of the genesis block uh what else? i've read penis like a hundred times in a row there's been money many funny shout outs that was pretty funny. So, like, uh, the penis shout-out was American Hoddle. He's back. Because he pretended like he was bigger than Twitter, and then he missed the Twitter spaces with the fucking president of El Salvador, and he couldn't help himself. <laughs> the next morning, he signed back up on Twitter. And the old Randy Quaid, Independence Day. I'm back. Ma- massive FOMO. He had ma- he'll pretend otherwise, but he had massive FOMO for missing that fucking conversation. It's, uh, yeah, no doubt it was FOMO-induced. How could you not? You went long clubhouse and clubhouse is just fucking done. Twitter spaces just ran it into the ground. Twitter tried to buy clubhouse and they said, no, they thought they were Snapchat. They thought they can like command billions. Hey, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. I haven't been on clubhouse in quite a while. I yeah, white, white rabbit came back and Hoddle not came back. White rabbits back. Yeah. Our boys back in town, man. <laughs> I fucking love White Rabbit. White Rabbit's one of the best freaks there is. Really is. Go follow him. I think it's it's like White Rabbit One. I think. You see, I thought it was White Rabbit. Or no, get, the new account. He came up with a new account. Did he get suspended? I don't know. He likes to start fresh. He's a man of principle. I like that. I like that. I'm the Ron Burgundy of podcast. Is that a compliment? Uh, if I recall correctly. Yeah, Ron Burgundy. Yeah, compliment. I'll take it. Uh, what was I going to say? It's something else to say. I apologize. No need to apologize. Hoddle not coming back. White Rabbit coming yeah. back. Hoddle, American Hoddle's back. He could not withstand. I mean, nation states are buying Bitcoin. This is what he was built for. Oh, oh, we were talking about how Clubhouse got completely fucking out, out positioned by Twitter. Yeah, with that being said, I will be on Clubhouse Friday for a mining Clubhouse, 4 p.m. Eastern. Why not just Twitter Spaces, bro? That's what somebody asked yesterday, and it was like apparently the guy Sean who's hosting doesn't have enough follower. Apparently, Twitter Spaces is still exclusive. 
It's because these guys, they all went all in on fucking Clubhouse and they're like Clubhouse influencers. And now their platform just completely fell off and fell off into obsolescence. Yeah, that's one thing I, I hate to see it. I accidentally hit like a Clubhouse noti last night and ended up in the weekly Bitcoin meetup on Clubhouse. It was an incredible Clubhouse group. Meets every Wednesday night. Cheat. Alex Storn run that. Gladstein's in it a lot. And but like, yeah, it was only like 200 people. And it used to be like a couple thousand, like only a few months ago. So it seems like space is eating into that or the Bitcoin conversation appetite on clubhouses reduced significantly. Probably a combination of the two. Can only talk about Bitcoin so much unless your life is dedicated to it. This is interesting, and this is part of the theme of this episode: is prepare for war. The global bank regulators are proposing a burdensome Bitcoin capital rule. So, uh, for is it for banks or the exchanges? It's for any custodian needs to have an equivalent amount of U.S. dollars, Reserves, just yeah. in case Bitcoin goes to zero, which is like really bad. That's like. Yeah. As number goes up, that means they're going to have to hold more and more U.S. dollars to back the Bitcoin that they're that they're holding, which is, is really fucked up. No. It's absolutely ridiculous. It should be denominated in Bitcoin. Like you should have Bitcoin to back your Bitcoin because it's fucking Bitcoin. But the way they're doing it is is you need U.S. dollars to back it. You need the other model. You need the Bitcoin to subsidize your U.S. dollar stablecoin. Right, because it increases in value while the dollar is losing value. So here it is: banks must set aside enough capital to cover losses on many, or excuse me, on any Bitcoin holdings in full. In full being the key phrase there. Global banking regulators proposed on Thursday in a conservative step that could prevent wide-scale use of cryptocurrency by major lenders. The Basel Committee on Banking Supervision, on banking supervision, made up of regulators from the world's leading financial centers, proposed a twin approach to capital requirements for crypto assets held by banks in the first bespoke rule for the nation sector. How long is it nation? 12 years in, are we still nation? El Salvador has become the world's first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender, even though central banks globally have repeatedly warned that investors in the cryptocurrency must be ready to lose the all their money. But no, I think, it's, I think the framing that they're putting forth is important to understand, right? Like it's a conservative step. So they see this as, oh, uh, this is... They're, they're protecting consumers, Marty. Protecting they always, they always frame it that way. You're too fucking dumb to make decisions for yourself. They need to protect you. So again, unelected committees that come out of the ether, the Basel committee. On the bright side. Super, supervision. Like on who, the bright side. I did not ask for a Basel committee to tell me what I could do with my Bitcoin, what I could do with my dollars. Using the bird, like, where are all these committees and organizations <laughs> coming from, and why do they have any say on what happens to my fucking money? Start asking uh, who the fuck is Klaus Schwab? Why are we listening to? <laughs> I don't know how this is relevant, but uh, the <laughs> the um, the on the bright side, Marty, at least it should disincentivize custodians like this is going to fuck block and coinbase the most um so uh, in, in in that in that regard um as far as attacks go it's well, not the worst attack really but, it, but it let's be clear it is an attack on bitcoin businesses it's 100 yeah. percent an attack on bitcoin businesses 
forcing them to have insane collateral requirements uh, that will ever increase if Bitcoin goes up in value. Spins on this, definitely a burden on those businesses, but it, the incentives of this proposal, if written into some, again, like why does the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision get to like make these laws that get imposed on people again? Right, but Marty, like... Wait, wait, stop- uh, if it does get imposed, it incentivizes the exchanges to... Uh, encourage their users to take custody of their coins because like we don't we can't have this much capital on our balance sheet we physically can't get the dollars or digitally can't get the dollars to uh, cover the capital requirements so please take your coins off exchange so we can keep selling you bitcoin see that spin zone there it's a good spin zone i just think sometimes marty sometimes marty like you like like the world is an unfair place like we don't have to be like uh you know teenagers learning that the world is fucked up every fucking time the comments you know happen you know it's like Matt I'm insulted okay we're here <laughs> people or to attend not educate maybe educate whatever you guys want to call it but uh, have a conversation about this stuff people don't ask these simple questions this is how we get in here who is Klaus Schwab but why do we listen to the Basel committee it doesn't matter. Why does the IMF have any power? Like people, again, we were fish swimming in water. What is water? Like why? Well, the world is unfair, Marty. Like well, the world is unfair. If more people ask these questions and these things become more pervasive throughout conversations, then we can begin to push back against this. You can't solve a problem until you identify it. This is the problem. We have a bunch of unre- unelected, ephemeral fucking committees and organizations running the world and policy. Then people... Or ask, like, why the fuck is the world so fucked up? It's because we have top-down control emanating from these unelected officials in these committees. Like, we need to identify these are the problems. And we need to call them out. And we need to say, hey, I'm an autonomous, sovereign individual. You do not have the right to tell me what to do with my fucking money. Like, this needs to be called out. You need to identify the problem. In my mind, this is the problem. So are you going to go over to fucking wherever... You're going to go over to wherever and like debate them on it? Or are you just going to take self-custody of your coins, be fucking self-sovereign and fucking opt out of the fucking system? Obviously, obviously I do the latter, but I I also do want to do the former. And like we said earlier in the episode, the beauty of the internet age is we can attack these people from the comfort of my father-in-law's bedroom. Marty, do we, are we even really free? No, Matt. We need to identify that problem. Where, we, where were we? Where were we? Where did I take us? Marty channeling Alex Jones. I sort of like that. Alex Jones has been right for a long time. Oh, you get the comments before me. Do I? I got that like two seconds after you. I got that fast internet. Maybe Nick Carter can schedule the IMF for a spaces get together. I like that. I'd love to be there. Do you think the IMF would show up? Literally does not matter to me. That is my point. All right. We were on the, the reserves. This is an attack. And they mention in the Reuters article, El Salvador. So it's really interesting to see how quickly this is happening. Senator Warren came out last night. Yeah, that Stanford professor, I think, was on a banking committee um, saying that we need to ban cryptocurrencies because of ransomware. Uh, Elizabeth Warren was energy flooding. Now you have this. These unelected banking regulators. Uh, saying that we need to put capital controls on the exchanges. The attacks have begun. They are here within days, within days. It's going to get real, real fast. And what do you think's next? I don't know. Stay tuned for next episode, freaks. 
stay tuned. Smash that subscribe button. Put on the notifications. This one's a positive. This one's a positive story. We got the Tim Wu of the White House tech advisor disclosed that he has between one million to five million Bitcoin. Not one million to five million cuck bucks worth of Bitcoin. Right. That would be insane. Why would you still be a White House advisor if you had fucking five million Bitcoin? Why? Yeah. Uh, but he's historically been a critic of Bitcoin. In 2017, he was a critic of Bitcoin, and he's secretly been accumulating since and had to disclose it. Everyone bends in the knee. Everyone bends in the knee. Yeah, so we've got Bitcoiners in the White House. Fifth pillar is a column. You know, I always get called out for this. Which one is it? I don't remember at this point because we've gone back so many different times. And I'm, I'm sticking to bi-weekly, by the way. Bi-weekly is every, every... What is it, Marty? Every two weeks. No, it's twice a week, right? It's every two weeks. It's been the definition for, for centuries. If you look it up in fucking Oxford yeah. Dictionary, it shows both. Yeah, they also changed the definition of, of gender and racism within the last year, so I'm not... Not the Oxford. Did the Oxford Dictionary do that? Yeah. Merriam... Merriam. No, Merriam is not Oxford. Oxford is... <laughs> Oxford is consensus. It is? Yeah, it's like... It's a ripple model, but it's consensus. You know, it's federated. Who gives a fuck about an Oxford cop? <laughs> Uh, so we have a Bitcoiner in the White House advisory board. And he's the tech advisor, correct? Yeah, it's Tim Wu. He's the guy who came up with net neutrality and shit. Ah. He's like very well known. Do we like net neutrality? Net neutrality is good, right? It's it's, it's, how it's implemented. The problem is it's over-regulation from government yeah. in how it's implemented. But ultimately, the real issue is that in America... Every person only has one or two ISPs because there's this thing called right of way, which when they run the Fios cables, when they run the fiber optic cables, when they cross highways and rail lines and stuff like that, that are state owned infrastructure, the state only gives permission to a couple companies. Mm. So to begin with, we have state owned monopolies. So if we actually had a proper free market, the whole net neutrality discussion wouldn't even have to be a fucking discussion. But the problem is we only have one or two companies that serve each American so they're able to censor us very easily. They're able to charge us for shit. They're able to bundle their services. Uh, so in America, it's a very sticky fucking thing. Ideally, like wireless, satellite, stuff like that gets around that whole right-of-way monopoly kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to say support your local mesh internet service. What is it? NYC Mesh in New York where they do the satellite nodes? Yeah. yeah. No, it's not satellite nodes. They do point-to-point. Point-to-point. So they have they have dishes that but it ends up at a satellite, right? I think it's a satellite full node. No, they connect to like a fucking trunk line. They're just an ISP. Uh, so they connect to like the major hub in, Amer- in in New York City. New York City has like one of the main internet hubs. Uh, Google put their headquarters on top of it so that they had a direct line into it. Um, but they're like their own ISP. And then from there, they go dish to dish. Yeah. Go check that out. NYC Mesh. Really cool project. Matt Corallo has a node in that, I believe. Um Really interesting. Yes. And apparently cheaper and faster internet too. So if you're willing to put the work in to join that that mesh network in New York City, you can get cheaper and faster internet. And I know we all hate Elon now, but like Starlink should bring a lot of competition to the space as well. Yeah, no, and I, props for props are due. Like I, I know a few people have been using Starlink, and they say the speed is very impressive. And the the oh, data, yeah. the data, it's up- significantly better than previous satellite internet in terms yeah. of latency. Yes, you see, which we is do. like the lag. Like with traditional satellite internet, we can't do the video chats really. No, too much lag. We'd be talking over each other. 
Yeah. Um, props where props are due. Starling seems to be legit. Even though Whitney Webb would, would be like, it's evil. Transhumanist. Love you, Whitney. <laughs> Blockstream and Square announced a solar mining initiative. $5 million to build out a solar solar farm to mine Bitcoin. Actually ran into Steve Lee. I and love Steve. Steve's after, a fucking man. I had the pleasure of talking with him on the beach for an hour about this project. Um, so yeah, they're investing in a $5 million solar project. <laughs> we know my thoughts on, on solar and all that, but it seems that um, yeah, they're going to incentivize some solar production to mine Bitcoin. So they're building that out in conjunction with Blockstream. Blockstream's getting uh, deeper into the mining game. Um, so it should be cool to see uh, what comes to fruition from this initiative. What else do we have here? Steve Lee's an OG, by the way. Shout out. I know we mentioned it last week. Bitcoin design guide. Go check that out as well. They've I fucking been- love Steve, man. It was good seeing him uh, in Miami. Yeah. And to be there clear- were so many people. Fucking Evan put me on the spot on dispatch. He's like, who is the favorite person that you met or saw? I was like, fuck you, man. Like, there's so many good people. Yeah. And like, be clear, yeah. this this initiative is Square and Blockstream, not Square Crypto and Blockstream. Uh, right. They're separate. Big dog Square. And then Square also had a separate initiative that they announced today, which was a $5 million Bitcoin endowment. Mm-hmm. It's focused on uplifting underprivileged communities. Yeah, and their first grant went to the Black Bitcoin Billionaires uh, right. crew or the network, which started on Club. I don't love the name of, but... I support the initiative. I like, I love Lamar, Isaiah. I actually did a podcast with them too over the weekend while in Miami. That should be out this week. Yeah. Well, Isaiah is a bit of a shit corner, right? I don't think so. I don't know. I think he's, I thought he was pretty pure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's pure. Okay. Not great. I, I think Bitcoin's for individuals. I think we should focus on individuals, but to each their own. I do love those guys. Uh, rumors that the Indian government will be more positive toward Bitcoin going forward. Rumors, India, Bitcoin. What? It came out of the New India Express, and from what I understand, Indian media is not very free. So, like, I feel like it's a stronger, it's a stronger headline because it came from them. Like, I don't feel like they would anger the government by releasing a headline, you know. Yeah. Okay. So that's the same. I mean, so why do you think that is? Do you think the Indian government saw the backlash after? Their- the article says because of the momentum of El Salvador, India rethinks its policy. Oh, see, it's all quick. It's all very quick. The reactions. To but that. I want like if like then they're probably watching like analytics and stuff and seeing like how the article performs, right? Like we live in a great new world now. What if, what if we just clickbait our way to to hyper Bitcoinization? Everyone in the show so notes, click the link. Keep engaging any positive Bitcoin news on Twitter because that may just like convince like people's endorphins, their natural uh, reaction to this type of social media interaction may just incite hyper Bitcoinization because we're greedy, self absorbed <laughs> animals that need that validation with a like and a retweet. So keep doing it, and maybe we can just socially engineer Bitcoin, hyper-Bitcoinization. Seems to be successful. I mean, we had... Yeah, shower everyone that is positive to Bitcoin with engagement. We don't have to fucking tell you that, freaks. No, and then ratio... You're all doing it anyway. Ratio anybody like doing bad things. 
saying bad things. Well, let's be clear here. Constructive, productive criticism should be met earnestly. But if somebody's talking out of their ass, like Jason Calacanis or Sarah Warren, ratio. Just, just remember the target isn't the Bitcoin denier. The target is the Bitcoin denier's million followers. You want to get through to them. When you reply, that's who you want to get through to. Yes. Yes. John Fisher makes a good point. India would rule the fucking world if they made Bitcoin legal tender. And to reiterate, that's in all caps. Yes. India. Was it 1.2 billion? They would never do it, though. India fucking, they're borderline authoritarian over there. Yeah, they're only like the biometric digital CBDC tip. Wasn't there a CBDC announcement this week, too? Isn't like Europe? And there's a two central banks are going to do like a. I don't know. The acronym triggers me. The concept triggers me. I try don't. not to pay attention to it, Marty. I know. I know. I know. Uh, I hope you guys can't hear my baby crying in the background. I can hear. Can you? So they probably can't. I don't know what's going on down there. Stay strong, son. He heard CBDC and he's like me and just got fucking triggered. Yeah. He's very emotional about this stuff from a young age. BitMEX extends Gleb Nelmanko's grant. Uh, I believe this is $100,000 grant. Uh, Correct. For the year. And I had the pleasure of speaking with Gleb uh, briefly over the weekend. Gleb, if you're listening, it was great to see you in person. Uh, if you guys don't know, Gleb has uh, done incredible work, particularly around privacy at the P2P layer. Uh, one of many things he's done, uh, including uh, research on uh, the Erlay as well in, in mitigating attacks at the P, P2P layer. Him and Antoine Riard, I can't remember um, the organization they started off the top of my head, but they started a research, uh, basically think tank, to to attack the P2P layer of Bitcoin and to attack the Lightning Network to highlight uh, where there are vulnerabilities and what we need to strengthen at, at both the protocol and Lightning layer. So they're doing incredible work. It may make some people uneasy because they're attacking the network to see where it's weak, but this is very important research that's getting done to make sure that Bitcoin is robust and resilient as possible for when the IMF and G7 states start attacking the network. So we're lucky to have Gleb thinking about Bitcoin as a great young mind uh, and shout out to BitMEX for supporting his work. It's, it's very important work and happy to see them extend his grant. And also he's a former New York Bitcoiner. That as well. He's not We're everywhere, freaks. Yeah. We, we love Gleb. Gleb is uh, our boy. And he's smart as fuck. He's literally. And shout out to BitMEX, man. Their backs up against the wall and they just keep funding fucking Bitcoin development. Right. Yeah. Okay, we, I mean, we've said this many times throughout the years. BitMEX is one of the purest Bitcoin companies that's ever existed. Of course, they've had to bend the knee a little bit as uh, they've run into some legal troubles, which I would argue are unwarranted and prove that we don't live in a free country. But again, like Matt said, it's incredible to see them back against the wall, still pumping out grants to very important devs working on on Bitcoin. Shout out to Gleb. Thank you for doing what you do, brother. Uh, keep doing it. And we need to catch up on the podcast soon. If you're listening, you're probably too busy to listen to this podcast, but just in case. MicroStrategy, another private offering. It was oversubscribed again, correct? It was like 400 million. Didn't it go up to like 1.5 bill? 
Yeah, it was significantly over or subscribed, right? Yeah. So they again, sailor and crew at MicroStrategy are speculative attacking the dollar. They won't overtly admit that, but they're taking out low interest rate loans and buying Bitcoin. And was this the announcement with the macro strategy too? Yeah. So they also created a subsidiary called Macro Strategy that's going to hold all the Bitcoin going forward. So, which I think. That won't be public. Could be inroads to him actually holding his own keys. Huh. I thought you were going to say ETF. No, because if you have this, the subsidiary, it could be way easier to hold your own keys if you have if you have it split off. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. And and to be clear, I don't expect him to like do self sovereign multi sig, but he uses collaborative custody. That would be ideal. He gets proof of reserves. He has a threshold of keys. Even if even if they don't have a threshold of keys. Yeah. Even if they had someone like Unchained hold hold two of the three keys and they hold one key, the fact that they hold one key and they can see that it's still there on chain and they have a proper proof of reserves with it is a huge step up in my opinion. Agreed. Agreed. Did we mention the um the Square Initiative on the hardware wallet last week? We did live. Okay. In no, because there's I, somebody was Miami tweeting at me earlier yesterday or earlier today. I think there's some confusion because at some point that tweet thread that Jack put out about that hardware wallet that they're looking to build and open source and provide to the world, uh, he talked about, he didn't say collaborative custody. He said he described it in another way. And somebody was like, somebody didn't understand that it, they want to create a way to easily do multi-sig, I believe. And it was like they... I think they believe like Square wanted to have full custody of Bitcoin in this hardware. No, my understanding is, right, is that this is going to be a mobile first hardware wallet that's going to be extremely low cost and it's going to be open. And because of that, you're going to be able to hit large amounts of people uh, that need it most, right? Just like the people we're seeing in El Salvador that are being onboarded right now, just like the people that we want to onboard over in Africa. Um, and these people aren't being served right now. Um, so maybe multi-sig happens in the future. Obviously, if it's an open hardware wallet, then open platforms like Sparrow and Spectre will be able to incorporate it regardless. But my understanding is the focus is a super low cost, open, mobile first hardware wallet. Because let's be honest, the next 6 billion people that get onboarded into Bitcoin are going to probably only use it with their mobile phones and never use a computer, like yeah. a personal computer. No, it was... Um... Having knowledge of the El Salvador news and talking with one of the strike Android devs, shout out to you. It was incredible meeting you in person. Like he's like, yeah, like that's the other thing people don't realize is like it's ninety percent mobile and then it's like ninety percent Android in a lot of these countries as well. So we need to fine tune for that. And then meanwhile, like our we're like seventy uh, percent American and like fifty percent iOS in terms yeah. of freaks. Yeah. Uh. Now, listeners to this podcast, 56% U.S. listeners. After that, it's U.K., Canada. What's the iOS Android background? Back, uh, Only 30% iOS. Love to see it, freaks. Or 30%, 30% Apple podcast. Okay, so they could be listening. All right, all right I'm wrong here. What about, does TOTC.io have analytics? Uh, it does, but I don't check them. Maybe I should turn it off. 
Um, you should definitely turn it off if it's Google Analytics, but they have, you can self-host analytics. I'm just curious. But uh, either way, you should know what the fuck is running on that website. But uh, I, I think uh, my guess would be we're like at 50% iOS. But freaks, consider running Calyx, man. I've been running Calyx on a Pixel 5 for four months now. It's my daily driver. I was calling Ubers and shit. And uh, I know it's a surveillance software. It's calling Ubers and shit in Miami. It still worked, but it's completely de-Googled. I set it so Uber only works with the VPNs on. Um, it has a full firewall where you can decide if it uses the VPN only, if it has no data whatsoever. So I can use the Google keyboard and I just give it no data whatsoever. Uh, so it just doesn't connect to the internet, but I still get like best in class keyboard. Um, it's fantastic. The photos are fantastic. I'm able to sideload the pixel camera. So you get like a flagship experience with a de-Googled experience. Uh, it's just a really nice trade-off balance. So consider it. It's really good. Consider it, freaks. Consider it. Consider it down. Big news. Disclaimer, sponsor of the podcast. Uh, Hoddle Hoddle has partnered with Bitfenix. Bitfenix is investing in Hoddle Hoddle and helping out um, with some tether liquidity on their Lend platform, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Their Lend platform depends on Tether. It depends on stable coins, Tether being the largest stable coin. No KYC lending platform. Um, and Bitfinex wants to be a bigger part of it. Yeah. Another- this is Bitfinex's second foray into decentralized exchanges. Uh, this, you know, Hot Hall is not really a decentralized exchange, but there's no custody involved. It's a P2P custody multi sig model. It's a non custodial, um, a good trade off model, in my opinion. Yeah. Disclaimer. Unless- sponsor but i really like max and roman and what they built over there and i mean unless governments force them to add kyc it's a really nice balancing act right because you have a, a pretty good interface very accessible um without kyc and without custodial risk uh just using multi-stick uh so that's fantastic and uh you know bitfinex is a heavy hitter so we'll see bitfinex has always stayed pretty true to their anti-state ideals so it could be a good match we'll see i i i think it's i think it's pretty bullish for both of them to be honest i do as well i i like both of those teams and echo the sentiments you just shared about bitfinex i think they've been pretty pure since day one i mean they're fighting the tether the tether battle still to this day and again this isn't an endorsement of tether we have to say this every time like i would not hold tether 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 uh, it could go to zero at any moment. It could get confiscated at any moment. You don't know. Um, but yeah, sats are my stable coin. Exactly. Sats and self custody. So shout out to Hobbit. But I think the whole point of a stable coin is to get around the KYC. So the whole idea of a regulated stable coin really makes no sense to me, uh, even though I would never use either of them. Um, Agreed. Yeah. And it, we also have John Devine in the comments, just real quick, uh, asking if the camera works well on Calyx. Like, yeah, dude. I like you literally just sideload the pixel camera. The original pixel camera does the full HDR, just like a regular pixel phone does best in class. You know, it's like you get a, you get a flagship fucking camera without Google on it. Pretty fucking cool. Oh yeah. And the battery life is fucking insane because you're not calling home to Google when we're in Miami or whatever. Like I was like walking with our boy Parker to like fucking happy hour after eight hours at the conference. And his fucking iPhone was at like 10% and I was at like 65%. 
And like pixels usually have horrible battery life, but it just wasn't phoning home to Google the whole night, the whole day. So it, it fucking has great battery life. So are we anti-graphene now? So graphene is better for privacy and security, period. The trade-offs, they like go hardcore, but they go too hardcore that it mostly scares people away and then they go back to iPhone or stock Google, right? So Calyx sits in the middle and it's just like practical. It's like you have de-Googled experience, but if you need to call an Uber because you're drunk and drunk driving is high time preference and it's like really magical to just have a driver just show up for you, like you can still do that, right? If you want to take a good picture because pictures, you know, capture a memory, you want to fucking capture that memory, you can still fucking do that. So it's a, in the trade-off scale, it's like if you're going to have like a dedicated Whirlpool phone, uh, maybe you go with graphene, right? So like I have a dedicated Whirlpool phone running on a 4A, that's on graphene. But my daily driver, the phone I go out and get drinks with and I go to Miami with and stuff, is a Pixel 5 running Calyx. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good enough. Speaking of Ubers in Miami, my worst Uber, like, get your shit together, Uber Miami. It was terrible. Obviously, granted, granted, there was a lot of extra traffic in the city this weekend, but, like, it it would get to the point, like, where I'd be at my hotel, I'd order an Uber, and it would show up to the hotel and then, like, cancel the ride. And I oh, did, I never had that happen to me. You had that happen? Many that times, like three or four times over the weekend, over the course of like five days. It was infuriating. Miami. Could you ever live in Miami? No. Neither could I. I can visit. I the cool thing about Miami is it's a real city. Like they have they have a culture, they have a unique vibe to them. You can't replace Miami. It's not like an inter there's like a bunch of cities in this world that are interchangeable. Miami's not one of them. Miami is truly unique. Could I live there? No. Agreed. Agreed. I love visiting Miami. I've always loved visiting Miami. I had a lot of fun visiting too, but I, I after f- and they're vibing, man. <laughs> they're they're vibing hard right now. Right? They're they're their best. They're in their best fucking stride right now. Again, we've been talking about like they're leveraging the jurisdictional arbitrage, and and this is nerdy, but if you if you freaks want to get a some good content on like federal, like uh, not federalism, but um, like the state's rights movement and how the founding fathers basically embedded into the declaration of independence, specifically how states are autonomous. Go listen to Tom Woods podcast over the last three episodes. He has a Jeffersonian historian on to describe uh, basically the way the founding fathers set up the country uh, with states' rights in mind and having autonomous states, a republic of states, if you will. Uh, very fascinating, and, and it is actually pretty encouraging to see that even 200 and almost 50 years after the Declaration of Independence was signed, that republic of autonomous states is still strong, as was evidenced in 2020 and into this year with the different uh, policies that existed throughout the lockdowns. It is actually, I know we shit a lot on the US and ask, are we free? Um, but the, the structure of the Republic as it was set up at the onset is actually pretty, pretty lasting. And, and to this day, we feel the effects of what the founding fathers' intentions were, particularly that each state is autonomous 
and should be able to make their own decisions. Uh, we obviously the federal government's gotten extremely bloated um, and has way too much power now, but there is still that that states rights aspect that exists and was exemplified in Miami over the weekend. Um, so if you, you guys are interested in learning about like the history of how that got started, the Tom Woods podcast, I listened to to it this morning on my morning walk. The, the three episodes are half an hour each. Um, highly recommend. Sorry for that detour. It's a great detour. Yeah. Check it out. What do we got up here next? Uh, we have Ledger raised $380 million at a $1.5 billion valuation. Uh, their press release doesn't mention Bitcoin once. Shame. Shame. At least they understand they're not a Bitcoin wallet. Uh, I still think it was like news. I thought it was important to put there. But uh, God, like you're really going to say crypto, crypto, crypto. Like, I don't know. Whatever. Some people want to be short Bitcoin, even though they were OGs and so be it. Did they mention the uh, the data hacks in, in this announcement? Of course not. Yeah, it's I saw a press that. release. You're not going to mention your darkest moment in the press release. No, I didn't dive too far into this, but Dan Tapiero's $200 million digital asset investment fund is leading the round. Um, They're the best shitcoin wallet. Like, if you want a shitcoin, Ledger's the way to go. And there you heard it here first, Matt's endorsing <laughs> TFTC. I mean, I mean, really, I want if you're going to shitcoin, I want you to be a proper shitcoiner about it, right? Like, I want you to hold your own keys and use your own node. I agree. I agree. But you're you're an idiot if you do it. Run your, um, try your own node. Try to run your own node. We're going to go to the next topic. The next topic makes me think your scorn towards me early in the episode is a little unwarranted, considering. I mean, I'm well aware of this topic. We talked about this on Dispatch on Tuesday. Yeah, but like. The FBI ran encrypted phone network ANOM with a backdoor. Completely, this is completely unrelated, Marty, to a false flag. I'd like to, to connect the two. Um, so let's talk about this first. You know, let's put your ego aside and let's talk about the gravity of this situation. Okay. Pretty big, pretty big gravitational pull, this story. They literally ran this from the beginning. They ran an encrypted phone network from the beginning, and they inserted into organized crime network distribution. So they, they, they had contacts that were selling encrypted phones to organized crime members, mob bosses, whatnot. And they said, this is the best new encrypted phone network. And they were selling them these phones. And, and every time a message got sent, it got CC'd to the FBI and the FBI had a backdoor to it. Yeah. So 10,000 devices in over 90 countries. Right. Okay. Started in Australia, correct? Right. Yeah. And the FBI so, starting this. Not, uh, hmm. But see, that's what I'm saying. Like this, that's not a false flag, Marty. That's no. a fucking operation. Not a that's false a flag, fucking but operation. Proves, but it proves the lengths to which. I mean, it proves that the FBI is probably running Bitcoin companies that are hoovering up our fucking information. It's, it has nothing to do with a fucking false flag. I agree. I agree. They're different. But... They prove that the FBI gets creative. Can we admit that? No one ever said otherwise. <laughs> I know this is triggering you. No, but it is pretty fucked up. No, this is a big story. I don't want to diminish this fucking story. This is a big fucking thing. Yeah. So they. Like how many VPNs are they running? Probably quite a lot. I hope they're not running Movad. Are they running Proton? Are they running Tutanota? Internet private access? Probably. 
Are they running PIA? I mean, PIA has always been a red flag for me. I mean, Roger Veer's on the board of PIA. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just going through this story real quick. This is fucked up story. Over this is messages since October 2019. So it's been going on for almost two years, year and a half. Messages include discussions around drug smuggling, corruption, other high-level organized criminal activities. So they have it all. They have every message that was ever sent through that fucking service. Woo! What can we trust? What can we trust? A signal? The funniest aspect of the story was they, they, so they had a a backdoor to the encryption, get CC'd to the FBI. And then after the FBI gets it, they re-encrypt it with real encryption to store it in their database. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I just thought it was a funny aspect of it. Hey, they're, they're collecting the the criminals data, but then protecting it on their own servers. They didn't want it to leak out. The number one piece of actionable advice is you should be using open source software, right? Ideally, you should be verifying that open source software yourself line by line. Most of us aren't doing that, right? If you're not doing that, you should at least be using a verifiable uh, signed binary of that version that hopefully is signed by someone that you're trusting has done that. And that's when we check the PGP signatures of our open source software. Um, you know, these guys didn't do that. This was like, uh, it was all closed and built into the phone and whatnot, ready to go. Handed it to them by their distributor. Yeah, this would, this would actually confirm the idea that the Colonial Pipeline hacker was probably just an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like these guys were dumb as fuck. Yeah. To fucking use the service. Right. Uh, and then I appreciate that, Marty. Um, and then the other thing is just period. Just assume like anything you put in the internet is fucking compromised, man. Mm. Like that's just a very safe assumption. Like p- rumor is like Putin just uses like a, he uses a typewriter. Like for the important stuff, he just uses a typewriter and then just hands it to the, like a courier who like he knows where his family lives and the courier runs it to wherever it's going. You know, you just keep it old school. You just keep it fucking old school as fuck and never goes on the internet. This is why we keep our keys offline, right? Like we keep our keys offline because at the end of the day, if you have multi-jurisdictional fucking multi-sig offline, they're going to have to go to the individual locations and fucking take the fucking keys. They're not going to be able to just access it remotely no like like the colonial pipeline hacker all right all right i'm coming around i'm coming around to it but yeah ah, it's so hard too it's like you want to root for the criminals in this case because you don't like the fbi do we like the fbi i think the fbi there's a lot of good people in the fbi i agree is that I think there's a lot of American patriots in the FBI that really do want to make us safer. Yeah. And there's a lot of threats to America that should be dealt with. Yeah. I do not appreciate when it gets turned against Americans and gets turned against freedom seeking people globally, regardless if they're American citizens. Or yeah. Not. And a lot of this is over drugs. Like the, the, the per picture in here, it's like drugs. It's like, why are we, why are we spending all this time on drugs? Yeah, let's have a focus, right, on important things. Yeah. We have fake Max Kaiser in the comments just going, fuck the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about Max's performance? So the, maybe we can 
sidebar here, talk about Bitcoin 2021 again. What did you think about the no coiners, shit coiners saying that it was a, a cringe fest? Was it a cringe fest? I didn't think so. Did you think it was a cringe fest? No, no. I thought. Look, I mean, honestly, honestly, like, I didn't like how much shit cornery was in the sponsorships. Um, but I don't know if you can throw an event of that size uh, without some, without without some, you know, questionable, not quote unquote pure sponsors, right? I mean, I, like the Bitcoin only companies are extremely long term focused and very frugal, uh, and don't really want to sponsor these kind of things. At least not to a high degree. They won't spend like the big bucks on it. Um, the content lineup could have been better. Uh, but I think it was a pretty solid content lineup and you take what you can get, you know, you, you don't, uh, we've seen some horrible, like, look about like, I mean, am I just, am I making excuses? Maybe a little bit, but like consensus is fucking horrible, man. It's like, so it's so bad (laughs) there. And it's like completely pay to play. I mean, it's not going to be like a bit block boom or like a Riga where it's like 200, 400 people. Agree. Like Kevin O'Leary gets on the main stage. I mean, he's right. Still- Kevin O'Leary, Mayweather. The Mayweather one was super cringe. Mayweather only talks about himself in the third person. Mayweather this, Mayweather that. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. <laughs> it was that woman interviewing him. Voorhees should not have been there. Voorhees go fuck himself. They put him on right after the toxic maximalism, you know? Yeah, he had, a, he had a comment. What would you yeah. say to Eric Voorhees? I mean, I think you just said something, but. I mean, Eric, Bitcoin made you. You have a shit ton of Bitcoin. When was the last thing you did for Bitcoin? It's Do something to... for Bitcoin, man. It's like it's been like eight years since he's done something for Bitcoin. He sold Satoshi Dice for what? Like two hundred thousand Bitcoin? It's like it's all public knowledge. It's out there. Isn't that a scam? Would you consider that a scam? What? Hawking off Satoshi dice for no, that's good business. That he yeah. he deserves all the credit for that in the world. He did it right before fees rose and made it completely uh, worthless. Just, and he did it all in Bitcoin like a fucking yeah. smart man. We'll give you that, Eric. But so let's explain Satoshi dice for the newer freaks who may not know what it is. You want me to go? Okay, so Satoshi dice was basically an online dice game. You would try to guess what you would roll, right? And then you'd. Well, the cool part was it was it was any any game previously on the internet, you had to trust the operator, and the operator could fuck you, right? But what was cool about Satoshi Dice was it was provably fair, so it used the fucking block hash, so like you the numbers that won or not you knew were real because you could just check the Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah. Um, Groundbreaking. Literally, it was groundbreaking in terms of provably fair online gambling. Hadn't really existed previously. Um, But it relied on super low fees and it was, um, it relied on on super low fees and it was completely priced out like right after he sold it. Because they were like basically, I mean, it wasn't spam because they were paying fees, but they were spamming the blockchain for a, a period there. The overwhelming majority of Bitcoin transactions were Satoshi Dice transactions. Yeah, it, was, it got up to like 70% of the amount of transactions at one point. Pivotal part of Bitcoin's history. Satoshi Dice, Eric Voorhees, love him or hate him. 
And then, so he sold that. And then he switched into shapeshift. Shapeshift. Fucking profited off all the shit coins until he had to bend the knee and do KYC. So he had a one-two punch, really quick one-two punch that he just made a shit ton of money on. And then since then, he switched it all over to ETH. Now it's all ETH-based so he could get rid of KYC because as soon as he added KYC, it destroyed his business. And to be clear, he was like always like super anti-state, but as soon as like they fucking came down on him, he had to add KYC, um, which I, I assume he tried his best on that. But at the end of the day, like dude hasn't fucking done shit for Bitcoin for like eight years, nine years. So well, like, he shouldn't be at a Bitcoin conference, period. Has he not done anything or is he like actively... When did you say shitcoining is actively attacking it? That's a good question. I don't think maybe it's an attack. I think it's a weak attack because I don't think shitcoins will ever beat Bitcoin. But it's like that, that whole line. I mean, like, he attacks Bitcoiners on Twitter and shit. He makes his whole narrative about attacking Bitcoiners. Toxic maximalists let the free market right. decide. It's like, well, yes, the free market is deciding and will continue to decide. That's a classic shitcoiner tactic. Let the free right. market decide. I believe in free markets, too. Yeah, and I don't believe in selling at your audience. Exactly. And part of the free market is calling the shit out, right? Like so, that. I mean, I was waiting to talk about this because we have one more topic um, that I wanted to talk about. But we get that topic later because it's not as important. Not that it's, eh, it's a whatever topic. Did Breedlove disappoint you? <sighs> oh, I didn't know we were going to talk about this. We have to talk about this. The freaks demand we talk about this. This yeah, is a I mean, very important topic. Yeah. Was, that was his tweet. That was his tweet. It's pretty his obvious. Was, I'm pretty curious obvious. what the free market thinks about Insert shitcoin here. It's pretty obvious that BitClout is an overt scam. I mean, just the way. It's so fucking obvious. It's like. James Presswich called them out months ago for storing private keys on their servers. Like, if Forget you, about the private keys. The private keys on the servers is an operational clusterfuck, right? Yeah. Like that's, that is just immature amateur hour. But even if they did private keys perfectly. A coin. Right, like even if they like their private key execution was perfect, it's fucked. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll start first principles. Bitcloud should it exist? No, you shouldn't have a social media network built on a blockchain. You shouldn't have a token per influencer. Again, and this sort of piggybacks on the Voorhees thing. Like the reason I'm what someone would define as a Bitcoin maximalist, a dirty maximalist, because I true, truly believe uh, having done the research and thinking I have a good grasp of monetary economics, I think we're trying to get away from a barter economy. Um, and that's what a token economy represents is bartering tokens. Um, and that's only part of it. Like other parts of it is uh, most of the tokens that are spun up have centralized figures that create them that are going to, <laughs> benefit greatly from their success and BitCloud is no different. All yeah. the elements of BitCloud are like why BitCloud? That was my question. It's like you're gonna go with BitCloud, bro? Like maybe I think someone got to him at the conference, man. Uh, I think he decided to sell out his audience. So the what I've heard too, like other people think about doing similar things that would surprise some people is that if you do a tweet like that with the link to your BitCloud pro No, he didn't unlock it yet. You can get access. You can tell if he unlocked it yet. Access. The only way to unlock it is if you do a specific tweet to your BitCloud. Yeah. And so like the theory is there is that you'll see some people doing stuff like that so they can get $5,000 worth of Bitcoin on BitCloud and liquidate it. But No. So first of all, if you did any research, you can't get shit out of BitCloud right now, which is one of the reasons it's a scam. Um, 
there it's a one-way market you can buy big clout but you can't get out you can't trade big clout for bitcoin to get out no so you can't even get out if you if you wanted to um but it's it's the, the so i have a tweet from march like if you just do a cursory look at the fucking website you can tell it's just the worst fucking scam of scams it's um interesting with Bitcoin of shit coins to start his name's like nadir nadir n-a-d-e-r he came from like princeton i'm pretty sure he's like part of basis protocol like serial scammer like the 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 difference is almost a perfect example between bitcoiners and shit corners the comparison between sphinx chat and sphinx relay open source on lightning with no pre-mined token versus value for value versus BitClout with pre-mined tokens trying to get influencers and having all these influencer plays whether you'd like trick them you you like convince them you incentivize them you incentivize them into getting pre-mined tokens to shill your shit on twitter and you create accounts for them ahead of time both of us have accounts that were created for us ahead of time that we haven't activated that are just sitting on the platform and they threaten us like if we get rid of them like an imposter is just going to come in and take them. I haven't even checked my BitCloud profile. Have you? Well, so I'm actually in a dicey situation because I switched to at Odell. So someone has the at Odell on BitCloud, but the at Matt underdash Odell still sits there. Obviously, I've never activated it. I would never sell out our audience. I would never sell out my people. I would rather fucking die than sell out my people. And I expect you guys to keep me honest. I don't want like I'm not you shouldn't trust me on that. I expect you to fucking keep me honest, but that's why I'm fucking here. And this is why it fucking pisses me off so fucking much because we've been here for such a long fucking time. And I see so many fucking people, even so-called Bitcoiners fucking constantly selling out other Bitcoiners. And it pisses me off because it's a bad look on our whole tribe. You know, it's a bad look on us as, as a, as a community. And I know beauty on will say, Oh, there's no Bitcoin community. There's, well, these are my people. These well, are our people, you know? Well, what do I tell you? Like off, off air a lot blinders. Like we need to like racehorse blinders. We just need to stay in our lane, keep doing what we're doing. Don't worry about all that other shit. People are going to fall. They're going to rise. They're going to fall. And that's something we try to do here. Freaks is just stay true to why we got into this in the first place. And I like to think that we're principled and we, we were upfront with you guys and, we disclaim as much as we have to and need to uh, to stay pure in your eyes. I mean, not even to stay pure in your eyes, stay true to ourselves. Like it is fucked. It's sad to see. It's like, I don't feel compelled. Like I don't feel, I feel lucky. I guess I'll say this. I feel lucky because I don't think I'll ever be in a situation where I'll be tweeting that stuff out. Like I, again, stay humble, stack sats. I guess that's what I'll say to that. Is like, I feel lucky that I don't feel literally an ounce of pressure to do something like that. And again, maybe it's just because of my convic- conviction in Bitcoin and the belief that this is going to be a winner take all type of market. You can't replicate Bitcoin's uh, immaculate conception. You can't run everything on a blockchain nor do you need to like it doesn't make sense to do social media on the blockchain at all it doesn't make sense to have a token for everything maybe it's that but 
Yeah, I don't see myself ever. If you ever see me tweeting something like that. Look, there, there's situations, huh. there's situations where especially newcomers come in and they're confused. They're confused. They think we're going to live in this like multi-coin crypto world with all these different digital assets and shit. That is fucking one thing, okay? Breedlove spent fucking years cultivating this fucking affinity scam. He cultivated this idea of like a Bitcoin-only thing. Spent three hours on Lex Friedman talking philosophy about fucking Bitcoin and shit. Super successful businessman, super successful Bitcoiner, yada, yada, yada. And then he fucking does this and he doesn't even fucking admit he's wrong. He fucking doubles down on it. He goes, I will die on this hill. Fucking Jack Mahler said he would die on this hill because fucking governments are going to come after him because he convinced a nation state to adopt Bitcoin as a legal tender. And two days later, you're going to say you're going to die on the fucking BitClout hill. Are you fucking kidding me? That's bad. Fucking ridiculous. This is 2021. This should not still be happening at this point. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, somebody talked to Breedlove at length. Uh, I believe Friday or Saturday night. It was just like a shit. It's like a big clout, but I completely co-sign it. Yeah, it's a. There are people with much more on the line, putting their necks way further out, that are truly the embodiment of the integrity necessary to bring this forward. And uh, yeah, it's tough to see. Is it an infinity scam? Do you build that? Like it's it's a prime example. If let's see, maybe there's room for redemption here. But if not, like you can spend years building up a reputation, but it takes literally one tweet to destroy it. Like that's all it takes. That's one thing you should be hyper aware of um, if you're in the space and keep keep people hold people accountable. Us put us on like a, a higher threshold of accountability, if anything. Um, yeah, it's fucked, dude. It sucks to see. It sucks. Yeah, I agree. Like, came out of nowhere, built up a great brand. Um, you can lose it in an instant. You can lose it in a tweet. I guess that's the lesson to learn from this. You look angry right now. Are you okay over there? You didn't lose it in a fucking tweet. It was, it was calculated and you fucking doubled down. The lesson isn't you don't lose it in a tweet. You lose it because you fucking have no integrity whatsoever. ever. Yeah. Reputation is fucking everything in this new world, man. That's true. That's true. Family's fucking everything. Yeah. You're angry right now. I love your passion. And I agree. You said something I didn't, maybe you didn't have the balls to say, but now that you, you're out there. Yeah. It's disconcerting lack of integrity, considering how high the stakes are getting, particularly this week, like you mentioned. Robert, it was a shame to see. That's all we'll say. Last topic of the day. Is this good Apple news? Like, is this new private relay trust minimized VPN? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, I don't trust Apple, but uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's 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 a cool concept. It's this idea of improving VPNs, right? VPNs are usually a custodial privacy relationship where you have to just trust the VPN wholeheartedly. And with this, it goes through two relays, so theoretically apple's saying that they can't tell where your traffic is going which is different from a regular vpn where they can tell exactly where your traffic's going now do i trust them no do i think it's a step up improvement from a traditional vpn yes no comment 
not smart enough. Go check out Dispatch. We had like a 20 minute conversation about it, 30 minute conversation about it. Yeah. Um, and before we leave you guys, like on Tuesday, Marty, I, do you do realize what I'm doing on Dispatch Tuesday? Next Tuesday? Yeah. This no. one, the coming, the coming Tuesday, coming what? Dispatch. We're having Battle of the Nodes. I have the Noddle team coming on, the Ronin team coming on, the Start Nine team coming on. The mine node team coming on and the blitz team coming on. The only team that's not Where's coming Umbral? on is the Umbral team. Where's Umbral? Luke. Umbral's, re- um, Umbral's refusing to come on. Luke. But everyone else will be there for the Battle of the Nodes on Tuesday on Dispatch. How does the Battle of the Nodes going to work? Is everybody going to take their shirt it's off? It's going to be complete chaos and we're going to try our best. But I, I think ultimately uh, users want to know. You, you know users, users want this conversation. It's a very important conversation. Which node do we use? That's a good, that'll be a good episode to check in. Like they have like the trade-offs discussed by the different teams in real time. It's going to be a lot of fun. That, it could be, it could be the longest dispatch in history. Like, I don't know, or it could be the shortest. <laughs> they could just all fucking rage quit. <laughs> Should be the battle of the nudes. When are we going to do that one? We're going to make them all be naked on, on air while they do it. Cause it's audio only show. So there's, so it's okay. You have to get like a, a text picture confirmation that it's the battle of the nudes before. But all the freaks should pressure Umbral into coming on. If you run an Umbral node, you should pressure them. If you don't, whatever. Yeah, to each their own. God, what a week, man! What a week, pivotal week in Bitcoin's history. A nation state has made Bitcoin legal tender. What do you have to say to the people like, oh, Japan did it in the past? There's some nuance here, correct? It's not legal tender in Japan, right? Apparently, they made like they technically made it legal tender in like 2017. But Wiz was kind of talking about it. it's not really legal tender, yeah, is it? Exactly. It's like I think it was legal tender in the sense that they allow businesses to accept it or something like that. You still pay cap gains. Yeah, but that was like one of the fud lines. Like this isn't the first country that and businesses don't have to accept it, right? Yeah. Like a key aspect here is if you have a debt with a bank. They have to accept your Bitcoin as payment. Right. Speculative attack. El Salvadorans, speculative attack your banks. Like that's proper legal tender. I mean, props where props are due. Thank you, Japan, for being forward looking, right? Um, but I think this is a whole nother level. Yeah. Is El Salvador forcing their merchants to accept Bitcoin? Minus that caveat that we described earlier. I mean, look, they were forcing their merchants to accept US dollars previously. That's true. I think that caveat is key though, Marty. And I think people are keep ignoring it. Isn't it more if somebody wants to pay in Bitcoin, you have to accept it. So my understanding is part of this premise is that the government is going to provide a custodial wallet, probably powered by strike. I don't know for sure that the merchant can use. If they accept Bitcoin, they can convert whatever portion they want into USD automatically. So for the merchant, Seems like strike would be involved in that. Right. For, for the merchant, they're accepting USD anyway, right? So like they really don't have, and, and, and that's where the carve-out is if they're technically capable of doing it. So I would say, um, sure. Would I love a world where wherever you went, the free market decided what currency was used and that was hopefully Bitcoin? Uh, yes. Am I scared of a world where you go to Peru or something and they're forced every merchant to accept Tron? Yes. You know, I'm very scared of that world as well. Uh, will the shit corners try and make shit coins legal tender places? Definitely Justin Sun will. 
try that. Like he is a hundred percent going to try that. Um, but this is a crazy fucking world, you know, and we're in a transitory period. Ultimately, I think the world's largest open monetary network will succeed. And that is Bitcoin. I agree. So a few things now going off that rant, I think it should be said, we don't have it on the list. Paxful, they enabled with their point of sale system merchant last week. Did we talk about last week? I think so, but let's talk about it again. I think it's important. Yeah, so Paxful has enabled uh, merchants within their network to accept Bitcoin, or excuse me, accept uh, fiat currency and uh, turn it into Bitcoin right away. They receive Bitcoin. So the merchant receives Bitcoin, and the payee pays in the 400 different fiat payments that Paxful accepts. Yeah, so that's pretty big. Um, Shout out to Ray, the Paxful team. Second, you said transitory would be remiss if we didn't mention the inflation numbers that came out today, which was uh, 5% year on year, obviously take that in the grain of salt that the economy um, was coming to grips with the lockdowns this time last year. But at the same time, wages, hourly wages fell 2.8%. If you take in um, increased productivity on top of all that inflation is arguably a bit higher than, and obviously we believe it would be higher than the CPI reports but it seems that things are getting more expensive and people are making less money uh is it transitory we shall see we shall see with that being said too uh this week a, the overnight repo the reverse repo market specifically has been hitting all-time highs i believe last night it hit over half a trillion dollars so an overnight liquidity being uh, exchanged between the primary dealers with access to the fed window and the fed itself um, which is a bit alarming if you ask me, probably could maybe nothing, but uh, it seems like there's uh, a a strong demand for liquidity in the overnight markets this last week, particularly. Uh, so outside of Bitcoin, the traditional monetary and financial system is doing nothing but to confirm why we're in Bitcoin in the first place. It seems ultra risky. Uh, your money's getting debased, and the statistics as reported by the official system, the Federal Reserve System, would confirm that. Your your dollars are losing purchasing power. Significant amount of, per, significant amount of purchasing power uh, year on year. And wages are going down as well. Uh, I would argue that... Wages aren't buying as many cocks as they used to. They're not. They're not. They're not. You're not going to be able to get as many cocks as you used to with the cuck buck. So be aware, freaks. Is like, are we in the midst of Matt said transitory? It's transitory on on many levels. Is this inflation transitory? I don't think so. Uh, is the adoption of Bitcoin by nation states transitory? It's the beginning of a transition. Yes, to to more. All these numbers are going up. They're all going to go up, freaks. It's all happening again. Outside of all the shit talking and the pumping, if you will. Like the fundamentals are stronger than ever. Taproot, again, should be locked in uh, within the next two days. Uh, that'll be activated in November. Matt will send a million sats to the Human Rights Foundation. Damn right it will. What but, a good dude. But, uh, the fundamentals are stronger than ever. Marty should match me. Oh, my God. <laughs> match you, but... Do you care about human rights, Marty? <laughs> All right, I'll match you. I'll send a million sats. <laughs> hey. Anything for charity and for a good charity at that. Uh, fundamentals are strong, freaks. Fundamentals are strong. 
It's not going to be easy moving forward. The game theory is playing out as many of us expected. Like nation states are in the game. And once you have one in the pool, who's going to jump next? And once another one jumps, it's like that fucking video of that dude dancing in the field and just a bunch of people join him. It's starting. El Salvador is da- dancing in the field right now. Who's going to join him next? I don't think they're going to be dancing alone for long. And let's just hope here, as freaks living in the United States and the Western world, that we don't get jealous uh, and we try to get competitive. And we notice that this is something that's not going anywhere and we should probably participate in its its spread and its proliferation throughout society. It's inevitable. It's here. You can't put open source software back in the box. It's not ending here. We're going to be fucking mining on volcanoes. Like you, you think you're going to stop Bitcoin? As we're literally taking volcanic geothermal energy and pushing it into ASICs that produce Bitcoin. I don't think so. Let's fucking go, freaks. I love you all. Ride or die. Peace and love.